Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast where we're taking a look at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who loves making lists, Palmer. How are you today? That's not my name. It's Daniel. No, I changed my name. To Cat. Rumple Taser. Ooh, I was close. You were. I was close. That mysterious laugh that you hear is Lisa from I Love That Movie Podcast. How are you today, Lisa? I'm good. I'm excited. Excellent. Excellent. This podcast shall now be known as I Love That Academy Rewind. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I like that. Thank you. Now my boss will actually listen again. Oh, good. <laughs> it was going to be um, I Love That Beer with Academy Rewind, but I Frank like is unfortunately Yeah, but Frank is unfortunately <laughs> sick, and so he oh. will not be joining us from, from Beer with Geeks. So now this is not a four-hour podcast. No, now it's, <laughs> now it's a strict 30-second podcast. Frank was going to add a whole hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> So we are in our we are in our thirties. Uh, we are in our thirties. Okay. Are we? Am I in my? Th- yeah, I'm in my thirties. <laughs> my shoulder hurts. I don't know. It could be in my sixties. I don't know. Um, so we are gonna we are in 2020, but we're looking back at 2019. Our top ten picks of 20 um, of 2019. If you feel like doing honorable mentions afterwards, Lisa, feel free to do so. Um, Before we get started rolling into our uh, picks, in case people have not listened to uh, I Love That Movie podcast before, Lisa, tell us about yourself and where you come from. Where do I come from? Uh, I my name's Lisa, and I have a podcast. Uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> start over. Um, I'm Lisa. I'm not sure who I am. Um, I'm Lisa, and I have a podcast called I Love That Movie. I reside in Dallas, Texas, and my podcast is basically uh, just a conversation, a fun time of talking about movies. I have a guest. Every week, and my guest picks that movie, and we just talk about a movie that they love. So it can be a new movie, an old movie, anything that hasn't been picked yet, essentially. And uh, you don't have to have podcasting experience to come on the show. I've had all kinds of different people on there, and it's a lot of fun. Can confirm. Have yes. been yep. mm-hmm. Lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you. And you uh, you can find links for Lisa's show in uh, in the show notes and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, um, we're gonna get this. We're gonna we're gonna get this ball rolling, uh, and I'm gonna moderate a, in in the same order. And you can say we're gonna go from uh, number ten to number one. Uh, That's how this usually goes. I know. Well, you know, sometimes people do things differently, and uh, and we're gonna always gonna go in the same order. We're gonna go Lisa because she's a guest. You know, guest guest first. Yeah. And then Palmer, and then myself. Yes. Okay. Mm. We'll go. We're gonna go in that order. And beforehand, I wrote down my picks that I believe you are picking, Tim. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> so we'll see if I uh, get close this year. Okay. How close were you last year? Uh, seven out of ten, if I remember correctly. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I did not make a list for you because I am unpredictable. No, that's not true. <laughs> number one through five is cats, and number six through ten is five feet apart. You don't know that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Lisa, let's get started. Number 10. What is your number 10 pick? 
Okay, I'm not going to make this long, but just to preface, I wanted to preface this by saying that this was very hard to make this list. So I'm feeling a little shaky about it. Like, I feel like tomorrow I'm going to wake up and have different ones. I don't know. But right now, my number 10 pick is actually The King, which was a a Netflix movie that came out this year. And I'm surprised, as you are probably, that I I think I have two Netflix movies in my top 10. Mm. Uh, but, But yeah, mine is The King. I never got to the. I never got yeah, to the king. I heard, I. I heard meh things, so I I've never heard got really there. good things, See, well, mainly funny. from Lisa. So, Lisa, <laughs> why why number why is it on your list? Well, I think it's beautiful. Number one, I think it just the whole film looks really good, um, and you know I've obviously seen Timothy Chalamet in a few things, but I just thought he held this character up really well. Um, I'm a sucker for a period piece to begin with, but I just like the way that it's told. So it's kind of, I mean, obviously it's based on history, but it's also based on, um, I don't think like a play necessarily, but some writings or poems of Shakespeare. It's, and it's, 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 it's Henry V, right? Right, right. It's about Henry yeah. V, but, but specifically but, but not, based on, yeah. But it's not based on Shakespeare's Henry V. Um, right. no, well, but I think it's based Henry on his writings, like on either a poem or, um, but I don't think it's specifically that particular play. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so would recommend number 10. I, yes. Is, yeah. Is yeah. Saoirse Ronan in it? I don't think she's in it. No. No. Then, Mm-mm. no. Then Palmer's not. Palmer's yeah. Not no. <laughs> his best movies have her in it. Oh, maybe they do. Maybe they do. They do. Maybe Lady Bird. Do. Neither of us have anything to contribute because neither of us have seen. The uh, I know I have not. So Palmer, your number ten. Uh, oh. My number ten. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, go ahead. Oh. Yes. Um, I just saw a little uh, factoid here. The King is a 2019 historical drama based on several plays from William Shakespeare's Henriad. <clears throat> Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. so it's not just it's, right. it's not just this one play of he- Henry yeah. V. It's right. based on yeah. the epics of his Henry's the fourth and the and the third and the yeah, second and, and the, the first. Yeah, and the, the War of the Roses, the sixth, and blah 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 yeah. blah. Yeah. Does he say once more into the um, once more into the uh, breach, dear breach, friends? De- breach, dear friends. I don't believe so. <laughs> okay, but I'd have to see it again. I've only truthfully, I've only wow. seen it once. You're not selling me. this movie. <laughs> You know, I haven't studied Shakespeare specifically and have only seen this movie once, but it could be that he says that. <laughs> does Timothy Chalamet rock the bowl cut the whole movie? He does. <laughs> Excellent. I'm on. I'm back on board. There you go. All right. No, I just think it's he's got good, uh, you know, an intense performance as you'd probably expect based on mm. what it's about. But it's a it's a good it's a good story. I, I liked it. Excellent. All right. Cool. I'm on. I'm going to check. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Uh, Palmer, what is your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is also a Netflix movie. Oh, yeah? Although it premiered at Sundance this past year, mm-hmm. where Sundance started on the 30th anniversary of the person's death that this movie is about. And it is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, which oh. is a movie uh, in which Zac Efron plays Ted Bundy. Oh, was so, it my friend Ted or what's no, no, no? I just said the name of the movie. Man. Oh no, sorry, it was so <laughs> long. I stopped Dahmer. listening. Dahmer, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Thank you. No, this one uh, is, is taken from the viewpoint of the woman that was dating Ted Bundy when he was going around killing people, 
and then got picked up and brought to trial and in and in jail she is always kind of like that's not the guy i know and she's always kind of protecting him and kind and doesn't really think that he's this evil person mm-hmm. even though he clearly is so it's about her journey of coming to grips with it uh Zach Efron does a really good job at playing Ted Bundy and so much so like i didn't know this at the time this movie kind of catches upon it but like the whole the whole like aphrodisiac that we've seen in popular culture of mm-hmm women being enthralled with these bad boys who just like to murder people. That happened with Ted Bundy. Mm -hmm. Like there were women that were like, oh, he couldn't possibly have done this because he's a cutie. Right. You know, he was charming. So it, it's gotten, it's gotten some bad press because it doesn't just make him like, an ugly troll that lives under a bridge. Sure, but that's not what he was. Right. But it it can come off as seemingly like glorifying him. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, but I think that's always the, the that's always the tricky game that you play with um that's a tricky game that you play with um uh, serial killer yeah. movies. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like American Psycho is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where you just like you can't help but watch and be mesmerized by Patrick Bateman, even though he's this serial killer and right. or Psycho is another good example of that based on Ted Bundy. Yeah. You know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah. I have not I have not seen it, so I can't can't comment past that. Lisa, have you seen this movie? I haven't. I guess uh my take on that is or my concern was why why it might have gotten some criticism is just that um yeah, there is this idea of, like, women being in love with a bad boy. But I would also argue that a lot of that has to do with the way the media portrays that particular criminal. You know, if we're mm-hmm. seeing their face constantly, if it's if he's described, you know, like, this handsome guy next door that everybody likes. Like, that sort of puts a mental image into people's heads at home of how they view them. And I feel like with a lot of prolific killers, they're covered in a way that's almost like they're rock stars. So I think that plays into it, too. It affects how everyone sees that person. And then also just the person by, you know, being a good-looking white dude. I mean, uh, you know, it's like they're going to be treated differently in court. I mean, I just think it's more complicated than them being charming. But I do think that being charming has a lot to do with disarming people um, when they become victims. And, I mean, I also think that if you are dating someone and you're attracted to them and you trust them, I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody thinks the person that they go home with would ever do something like that. So I guess, you know, I was kind of apprehensive to see that movie because I was like, I don't know. Do we need another movie about, you know, a handsome, exciting serial killer? Like, I don't know how I feel about that. But I mean, I I kind of had that fear with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and that totally didn't happen. So I haven't seen the movie yet, but I felt like it kind of hold on. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, that's my dog. <laughs> okay. Okay. She's done. Well, I, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I, those were my concerns going in. Um, but I mean, I, I really like Zac Efron and I'm sure he had a really good performance, but I hadn't, it, it kind of breezed in and out. I didn't hear that much after that. So I kind of never really went back and checked it out, but you saying that you liked it and that, um, you enjoyed watching it makes me 
want to give it a second look for sure. Yeah, and the title actually comes from a line at his at his sentencing, I believe, oh, wow. uh, from the judge. Mm. The judge, you know, the judge kind of said, like, I really wish you hadn't done these things because he thought he was smart because there was a period of time where kind of Ted Bundy was being a lawyer for, for himself during his court case. And the judge is like, I would have loved to have you as a lawyer in any of these cases, but you're just a horrible human being. Huh. Yeah, but isn't it interesting that he's so manipulative, you know? He really even is, the yeah. the judge is, like, being wooed by him. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, and, there is and something that's... interesting to that, you know? Yeah. Which is sure. why I kind of, which is why I kind of put it in the space that I did and not just another just another movie trying to glorify serial killing. Right, gotcha. like it's a little subversive, like you kind of have to think about it, not... Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I'm open to that. All right. Interesting. <laughs> Timothy, what is your number 10? My number 10 is Ready or Not. Oh, that was the one I took off. Ha <laughs> ha, you're already... Oh, I haven't seen that one. You're not You're not doing well so far, Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> I also had predicted we would have one crossover mm -hmm. between our lists, so... But yeah, that was the one I took off for the, oh. the last one I added. That's a shame. Uh, Ready or Not was super fun, and I loved it. And to talk about, like a, say, like a subversion of the expectation of the damsel in distress and, you know, th things like that, uh, instead of glorifying like, the murder of, like, quote, like, the virgin or whatever, you yeah. know, in, in mm -hmm. ritual sacrifice, it's a, it's a flip on, uh, on a flip on all of that. And it's... Campy and fun with a few good scares, and it. I I knew it was going to be good when when Palmer and I saw this together, and like when I when we saw the trailer, we were like, "Yep, gonna see that. Yeah, that looks great." And so I was expecting it to be good, and I think it surprised me with like how I expected it to be fun without re really thinking about it, and I I was just kind of not floored by it, but just like it's 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 clean, uh, like. It fires, it fires all cylinders, and it and it it does well across the board. And mm -hmm. it's just a well made movie, for especially for what it is, and it kind of elevates its status that way a little bit. So I I, I would say Ready or Not. Yeah, yeah. no, that's mm -hmm. a good pick. I want to see that. Yeah, I like that. All of ours are kind of murdery. You know, the king murders people, <laughs> and Ted he Bundy does. murders people, and the, the game <laughs> family murders people. <laughs> Top ten, oh. all murder. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Murder. That's what that's that's what sells stories. Murder. All right. Very good. Moving on to number nine, Lisa. Speaking of murder, uh John Wick three, Parabellum. Oh Ooh. John good old John Wick. I never got to three. I saw I was not with so you the good. week that you saw three. Oh, all right. Yeah. I loved one. Loved one. Wasn't super up on two so i never got around to three so tell us why tell us why uh what how does john wick three reign supreme i don't know so i guess i had an, a different experience than you in that okay i saw the first one and absolutely loved it and 
I'm not, not that I'm against uh, action movies at all, but they're not usually what I gravitate towards to. Like, normally it wouldn't mm -hmm. be in my top ten. But I just, I love the John Wick series. I, I think a lot of it has to do the way in which the combat in the, you know, gunplay, I guess you could call it, is shot. In that it's not a lot of fast cutaways. It's like, you know, long-held shots letting you really look at what the actors are doing because it's, you know, directed by a guy that uh, comes from a... Uh, stunt background and so everything is approached that way and I just feel like they get better and better and I, I don't know how they're doing that but it's like this third one to me was even better and um, it really opens the world up and since you if you haven't seen it yet I don't want to give it too much away but like at, even at the end I was like are you kidding me like it's just so exciting the assassin world you know stuff is really cool to me and i love the way in this one and i he, they probably have to go rewatch the other two as well but in this one like towards the end especially when he's fighting all these different baddies they're like different uh pretty like prolific martial artists in the uh like action world you know and it's really cool because he gets he gives them that opportunity instead of them just like training someone else to do that he would do stunts with it's like he's showcasing what they can do and so you get like a, you know, 10 or 15 minutes or however long the fight sequence is with each person. And it's just really fun to watch. Like, I just have fun watching this. I never have logic problems with these movies. I don't even think about that. That just goes out the window. They're just, you know, two hours of fun. So that's why. Yeah. That's a, those, are all, those are all good reasons. Uh, I definitely agree that the... <laughs> the uh action like improves as it goes and i think that's the the big draw is just watching like keanu and all the stuntmen and the actors be like wow you're doing that you're like yeah. just doing that <laughs> and i i i appreciate that and i like this like fun underworld like secret society thing that they have going on it, it's it's good fun it doesn't take because it's the action is so elevated it doesn't take itself seriously yeah even though it's presented mm -hmm. semi seriously i didn't i didn't like number two at all mm. uh and then i saw this one and i i like this one quite a bit more and it probably it probably landed about midway uh through everything on the on my list but the one reason i'll keep seeing these movies is ian mcshane oh sure sure you know i will i'll watch that guy in almost anything uh keanu reeves you're right is is really good in the in the action role. And I think I like this one. It I felt that this one had a little bit more story than just did, part two. Yeah. Cause I didn't see the first one. Mm -hmm. Like I knew the story of the first one. Oh. And then the story of the second one was essentially just the story of the first one. Have you gone back to watch the first one? No. Mm -hmm. Oh, would recommend you should. Yeah. yeah. It'll. Yeah. I would recommend. Yeah. Even mm -hmm. not just as like, a because you're now watching the franchise cause right. you've seen two and three. I, I, it stands on its own. It, it's really well done, and yeah, I don't think I it's agree. like it's. It's not one of those things where you're like, oh, the stunts in two and three are so much better. So one's kind of boring, right? It's like going back and watching the first Mission, Mission Impossible versus the thirteenth one or whatever one we're on. Um, it's not like that. It's, <laughs> okay, yeah, would recommend. Yeah. Pretty right. movies with lots of fighting and firing guns. It's exciting. Boom! 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 Yeah. Is exciting. Palmer, number nine. Speaking of pretty movies with lots of guns and fighting, this movie has none of it. <laughs> and this movie, I can almost guarantee I am the only person 
in the world that has this remotely close to their top ten? Cats. No. No. <laughs> Darn. Serenity. The Joss Whedon movie? God, no. <laughs> the movie with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Oh, Matthew McConaughey right. plays I... the captain of a boat. Oh, my God. Yes. I did I'm not. See, I did not see this movie. No, you did not. I saw this on my own um, because you and Jen didn't want to see it. Gotcha. <laughs> Hello, uh, Jen. Shout out. <laughs> you know, I can see why this is not anyone's cup of tea. What is it about? I don't. Besides, him so being the captain, of, like I know, I don't. He's know the anything. captain of a boat in this town where he, where it's pretty much like he went there to get away from everybody, and. His ex-wife shows up, Anne Hathaway, and is like, hey, I'm here with my current husband, and I want you to take him out fishing and kill him because he's a horrible person, and, you know, you don't want him around our son. I thought you said this movie didn't have any murder in it. it well, well, all right. <laughs> Technically, it does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It It is kind of complicated, <laughs> um, but that is the basis. I really liked seeing Anne Hathaway in like a in like a femme fatale style role because that's what that's what she's here for. There's also slight mystery as to the past of Matthew McConaughey. You don't know why why he's where he is in this at this point in his life. It there was just something about this movie that there was enough mystery and intrigue that I sat there really wondering what was going to happen. And everyone plays their parts really well. I really wish more people would have given it a chance. But I've seen people who have given it a chance not like it. So, what is it about that? What is it about it that people don't like? <clears throat> Probably the story. Yeah. yeah. Lisa, have you seen it? No. I actually know about this movie because it was on an episode of How Did This Get Made? Oh. <laughs> and they covered the whole movie. So... I know what you're holding back from saying because you can't really, if 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 you want to watch it, you can't really see too much. There's like kind of a yeah, it's it's twist. a one and done movie. Like once yeah. you know where the movie ends up, it there's no more reason to watch it. Okay, so I'm not going to watch this movie. <laughs> so can you tell me in like thirty seconds? So essentially, what it is is Matthew McConaughey is in a game that his son is playing. That he but made, this, right? About that he made about killing his stepfather. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Yep, it's that's, pretty trippy. Yeah, that's that's something. It is. It, it's good. It, it's well acted. It's got it's got Matthew McConaughey, it's got Anne Hathaway, it's got a bunch of other people. Okay then. Like at least three. Yeah, wow. Three yeah. other people, three other actors. Three other <laughs> and actresses. Wow. Like it's not just one. Wow. Yeah. That's a movie I'm not going to see now. I think Diane Lane's in it. Oh, so now I do want to watch it. Aha. I love Diane gotcha. Lane. <laughs> Lane. All right. All right. What is your number nine, Timothy? My number nine is Knives Out. Yeah. I got that Yeah, one. it's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Knives Out was real fun. I don't think it, it does. I don't <coughs> think it does anything that is like 
mind blowing about like a who done it, right. you know. But but I I like Ryan jo- I like Ryan Johnson's films, and this one is this one is no exception. The cast is great, and they're clearly having a good time. Like mm-hmm. everybody's on board. Um, I think the the mystery is the some of the twists on the mystery are good, even if you mm-hmm. can see some of them coming. If you're like a like a, a whodunit fan, because I think the characters are the characters may be more interesting than the story, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, than the mystery itself, and I think it, aesthetically it's great, and um, and I, I really like Daniel Craig's gumshoe like his like kentucky gumshoe like there's a hole inside a donut and the hole is the donut <laughs> and i i just i really liked the whole thing i i was it was charming and fun and it made you almost forget that there were stakes but in a good way mm-hmm. um it, but so yeah i really like i really enjoyed it uh it was Probably it was like just as good as I hoped it would be, if that makes sense. Like it didn't really exceed my expectations and it didn't hit below. I just had a good time at the movies and sometimes that's all I'm really looking for. Actually, my numbers nine and ten are just like, I had a good time at the movies. <laughs> I is, didn't hate it. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> um, hey, we um, we saw a lot of movies. Well, do you want to reveal how many movies you have seen? Palmer, uh, or do you want to wait until the end of the episode? Uh, 128 from 2019, right? Yeah. 128. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but then I saw then I saw um, Jeff's like 200 and something, and I was like, oh, <laughs> man, I am such a failure at life. Mine's at like 41, <laughs> so it's a little better with the I mean, AMC stub list now. I think I'll respectable. get some more in. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed that. How much? How many? Uh, oh, her forty-one. Yeah, For, that forty-one is great. Yeah, that's that, like forty more than Tim. That's not. He's true. just making up some of these. I saw fifty-seven Netflix slash who, like streaming movies in the theater. Um, actually, that's not true. Um, if Should you count straight up? to video, which I did, that, then I saw. A, oh, hello, hello. Um, I lost you? y'all, but then you came back. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. okay. I'm not going <laughs> to cut any of that out if you didn't stop recording. I'm just going to let that No, I, I kept it recording, yeah. Ex- excellent. Um, <laughs> so I, then I have seen 61 new films of 2019. Wow. That is my, that's my number. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I went, in, I went all in this year. So, <laughs> yeah. Knives Out, um, I didn't hate it, which is probably the best thing I could that say is, for this movie. That is a great compliment <laughs> yeah. for from you for Knives Out. That as that if it's not the bottom of your list, I'm impressed. It is not. I'm impressed. That that spot is still firmly held by Blinded by the Light. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll have to double check. Yeah, um, my list later. But I mean maybe. <laughs> But I mean uh I liked some of the characters and there were parts that did make me laugh. My biggest complaint with the movie was I feel like it tries to straddle at times the the two genres, the mm. who done it and then the clue style. Oh mm. sure, where it's just yeah. a and, little sli- it's just slightly slapstick. Right. And I wish like I found the best parts of the movie were the more slapstick and I wish the movie would have leaned more into that. Mm. Do not dis- I do not disagree with you. Um, I think the trailer kind of sold a slightly more slapstick. Yes, 
yeah. um, a comedy than it, than it really than the, than the straight than the straight who done it. Yeah, but it wasn't really like a straight who done it. Like you find out like halfway through the movie. Uh, not yeah, sort of. You you discover the cause of death. Yeah, true. Halfway yeah. through, but it's a, it's a there's a there's a hole inside. That's like the there's like a donut, but the hole inside the donut is another hole. That whole that whole thing. Lisa, did you see Knives Out? I think you saw it. I did. Good. It's a little lower than number ten on my list, uh, but I really liked it. And like I said, I had trouble, you know, getting things into my top ten and keeping them there. So I yeah, really same. enjoyed this film a lot. Um, I agree with what you guys are saying about I think the humor worked and it worked maybe better than the logic of the mystery um, because once you kind of know what it is, it's not really that – I don't know. It's not that – I don't want to say it's not that clever, but you know what I mean. It's not that complicated. Um, so it's kind of like – um, I don't know if that's the best part to lean on in the same way with clue, you know, once you find out what's actually happening, I mean, there's four different endings, but essentially what's happening. It's not that that's so clever or so wonderful. It's that the movie's like really funny. So maybe that would right. have been a better route to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You said yeah. that perfectly. <laughs> because I will say the more you think about knives out after the fact, like the yes. story, the more you're like. Mm, yeah. it doesn't quite fit it's slightly refrigerator logic it's that yeah. like you enjoy it and then you're at your fridge later that night and thinking like but how did but how did that get there oh, i thought you were gonna this did... talk about like green lanterns no 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 that's different that's <laughs> that's women in the refrigerator oh, okay. which is slightly different yeah <laughs> i thought like, that too that's what i was thinking i was like i'm like you went in happening. a complete other direction with this <laughs> no that's yeah. not, like no, it's, refrigerator. it's refrigerator movie like Refri- i go to see it and then i go home and then my wife's in the refrigerator <laughs> no refrigerator logic is like that term like um refrigerator logic is that term like uh um like growing the beard or jumping the shark or anything like that um, I've never heard of growing the beard. Growing the beard is the opposite of jumping the shark. It's when Riker grew a beard on Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> the show got better. <laughs> That's funny. I, I thought, didn't make I that. I, I didn't that. make that up. I thought I you were going to talk up. about like something building slowly over time, and I'm like, that didn't happen with Riker. Like he just showed up he, with the beard. No, he just showed up with the beard one day because Riker is so magical. He just grows facial hair in one day. Yeah, he just, it just the show just got better, and that's yeah. not my term. Like. Uh, you know, I just, just I don't that's know if it so did, funny. I, that, I don't even know if I agree with that. I just know that's the term. Yeah. It, de- it depends. Like, what season did he have the beard uh, for the I episode where. Palmer, we, this is not Starfleet Academy Rewind. <laughs> this is Academy Rewind. We have to move on. Okay. But I have questions I need to answer. No, no. Lisa, you're number eight, please. Okay. Let me scroll back up here just a second. Right. Sure. Number well, eight. Well, why are you doing that? Oh, no. go ahead. No. <laughs> uh, number eight, and again, this is a tough one. Um, I chose Booksmart, which I did not see in theaters. I saw after it came out. I really thought that sentence was going to be, I chose Booksmart, which I did not see. I'm just assuming it's <laughs> yeah, number just, eight. People seem to I really put like it, it so I also <laughs> yeah. chose it. Felt obligated, uh, you know. No, but I, I put number eight. Um I didn't rush out and see it. It's I don't think I always rush out and see comedies, to be honest, because that's so subjective. It's like, well, let me see what everybody else says, and then maybe I'll go out there. Um, it looked funny, but it looked like something that if it had come out on Netflix, I would have seen it right away kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, then it didn't do very well, but critically it did really well. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. And I was shocked by how funny it was. I laughed the entire time, like loudly in a way that I haven't in this comedy genre in a while. So that's why that's my number eight. Um, I, I will say like, the, the biggest fear, one of the biggest fears of going to the movies, especially for a comedy, is you've yeah. already seen all the funny bits in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So I, I completely understand that. As far as it not doing well commercially, didn't it come out like right after Endgame where everyone was like, oh, I got to go see Endgame like 14 times because yeah. Disney yeah. told me to. I also think it's a hard sell because it's not a formula that we've seen a lot of. Like we see a lot of college comedy movies, but they're usually not two female leads. Yeah. Um, and I mean, whether you're pro or against, and I, I don't think it's that everybody's like against, but they're not used to seeing that. And it, it I think that sometimes female-led comedies are sort of pitched almost like their niche, like, oh, this, you know, girls are going to like this. But it's like, I mean, it's just a comedy, you know, and it's yep. very funny. And uh, like me and my husband were like dying laughing and we've been sort of singing its praises since then. And I hope it, you know, maybe it did make a lot of money in the box office, but I'm sure it's going to open up a lot of doors for both these women. So, well, it was great. Um, yeah, one of them was nominated, yeah, it was no, for, one of them was nominated for the Golden Globe. Yeah, for that unbelievable show, right? Uh, no, for no, this for movie. Booksmart. Oh, for this movie. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I thought it was for, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was well, the it was the should, best friend. Yeah. It. Oh yeah, okay. I, really, I love her on uh, yeah. the, the vampire show. What we do in the shadows. Oh, is she the, on that? Oh, I did not know that. Um, yeah. I've not checked out that show yet. I love the movie. I haven't watched the show yet. Um, I I saw Booksmart. I really I really enjoyed it, but I watched it alone. And I think <laughs> like like any like a comedy is always it. I don't think comedies they rarely hold when you watch them for the first time alone because mm. it's only kind of relying on your laughter and not the collective energy of the group watching the movie yeah and so it's in my top 20 of 2019 but it is um but it didn't make my it didn't make my top 10 but there, i did enjoy it there's nothing sadder than watching a movie alone tim says the person who watched 128 movies this year. But not all of them were alone. But only like 100. <laughs> only like 100 of them. Good. You, you at least watched 50 with people. Yeah. Yeah. I know because I was there for most of those. <laughs> were you though? I count as 50. I count as people. <laughs> I'm people. Booksmart. Great choice. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Palmer. You're number eight. All right. My number eight is a movie that I am almost positive I am the only person on planet Earth that cats. will have this. Yeah, it's Cats. It's Cats, <laughs> yeah. It is. It's Cats. Um, I'm surprised it's as low as number eight, honestly. Because there were so many good movies this year, I really like Cats. Just generally the animal? Just generally the animal okay. and, the, and the Broadway show. Okay. And I – here's the thing. The aside, putting aside the internet, like townspeople from Frankenstein mob mentality. Sure. Okay. Most of the people that didn't like this movie were never going to like this movie, mm. regardless of the, the quote unquote bad CGI. 
the CGI wasn't bad. Like when you watch the movie, you don't. It's not something that's glaring that's going to stick no, out. I saw it too. You get used to it after a while, right? It's no, I. I found that when their ears got cut off by the by the ra- frame ratio, right? Um, it wasn't as bad. It's when their ears were in there. Oh, I was like, ears oh, are the best part. Yeah, I think that. No, not that the ears like looked bad. It's that it's it's not that the CG's bad. It's that it's unnerving. And I think those are two different. I think those are two different things. See, I don't. I didn't even feel that at all. Yeah, I, I mean, you're a sen- like it's the same thing with like going to see the Broadway show. Like you're going to see a show about humans playing cats. Sure. Like just check your brain at the door at that point. Sure, I, I, I don't, I, I can agree with that, but I think there's something, there's something different about watching people on stage in spandex and what you visibly recognize as makeup, as opposed to like what actually looks like a human person hybrid of an animal. And I think See, that's, I didn't, I didn't think of that. Yeah. I just felt it was a better way of, of being dressed. That being said, uh, Francesca Howard, I believe, is her name. Um, she was really good in this. Yeah, she was excellent. I will say, uh, the Judy Dench. No, the woman from Dreamgirls, Jennifer Hudson, mm-hmm. was okay. She was just yeah. I I've I've never been a huge fan of Jennifer Hudson, mm-hmm. but I feel like she could have been really good in this. But I don't believe she was. Sure. Like I've heard her sing "Memory," and I've heard her sing it really good in the movie. It's kind of. It's just yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a little um it, it's it's the Tom Hooper like acting style if that makes sense it's more like the Tom it's the um it's the Tom Hooper I'm going to I want you to act the song instead of sing it style yeah. of some of his some of his uh, work on screen. Uh here's the thing. in my experience watching this movie I if if it is if it's if it's supposed to be like Rocky Horror in that, like, like you wouldn't call Rocky Horror a bad movie. I would. But uh, you wouldn't, generally speaking, like, it's not a good movie, but it's a great movie because it, it is what it is. And it doesn't pretend to be anything other than it is. Yeah. And I think Cats kind of presents itself in that same way. That was my read on it. Okay. I'll it, give like, you that. Pre- it presents it, ex- like, it starts off weird and it just ratches it up as the movie goes. Like, yeah. and it, it leans into that. And I think that the trailer doesn't really sell that. It kind of sells this, like, epic sweeping musical of, like, some kind of proportion. But it's really just this really weird and kooky musical that it feels like they're all, like, black box actors and they, like, got together. They're like, guys, what if we were cats? And let's, like, pretend to be cats, and that's what we're going to do. That's kind of the energy that I felt from the movie, and I kind of dug that. It still was weird and creeped me out, but I don't think that was the movie. I just think that's the show, yeah. which is also not the movie's fault. However, I'm still unnerved, and I'm probably not going to sleep tonight because we had a long conversation about cats. Good. Lisa, <laughs> did, you see, did you see cats? I did not. Um, when I saw the first trailer drop and everyone was like, oh, this is so scary and horrible, I thought... I mean, what were you expecting? Like, it's kind of weird. And and then I read a little bit about the plot. I've never seen the Broadway play, but um, I'm like, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, Then when it actually came out, you're right. There was sort of a mob mentality of like, the only way you would ever see this is ironically. Um, 
I don't know if I would see it, <laughs> if I'm honest. It doesn't jump out at me. I did see somebody online talk about how, like, if you just took out the noses, like the weird human noses, even that looks a little better. There is something unnerving aesthetically about the cats in this movie to me. And I do think it's sort of like the Sonic the Hedgehog thing where everyone was like really creeped out by how he looked. And, you know, they did some tweaks and now everyone accepts how he looks, even if they're not going to see the movie. Um, I do wonder if they had made some of those changes, would that have helped? And then you could kind of go along with the the rest of the weirdness. Um, I don't know. But no, I have not seen it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I think I... This yeah, I th- it really, it really is, it really is that that look, yeah. That it makes a it makes a huge difference, but ultimately it's still weird. But I respect your decision to have that movie on your list. I mean, but it's fine. Like you, you thought it was weird, but you still saw the movie. Mm-hmm. I think the people that are railing against it were just never going to see the movie. I agree. I think I'm- that's fair. I'm forgiving things. I'm usually forgiving things a chance. Like, even if it's not my cup of tea, why not? Well, good, because Cats is coming to Boston. Next week. The next week? Yeah. Did you get me tickets? Yeah. Are you lying? No. All right. Cool. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My number eight is... My phone is locked. My number eight is 1917. Awesome. Yeah. That doesn't count. You just so saw bad. it today. That doesn't matter. I still saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a good reviewer and saw it. Uh, it. I am not. My disclaimer is that I am not a huge war movie person, like, at all. I could care less. Mm. Like, really, truly. Like, they just don't. They just really don't attract me in any particular way. Kind of like gangster movies. They don't really. Like, Uh-oh. it has to be particular. Um, there has to be something else besides, like, man, we're gangsters and we're, like, running drugs or whatever. Like, I don't care. Whatever. Lisa will jump through the computer. I'm I'm you. being quiet, but, yeah, I'm the exact opposite of you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, many <laughs> people counts. are. I am. Uh, why is Alexa? Because it, she's, she's framed for a synonym of laptop or PC, um, not for... Not for I. I thought she the just name of the Amazon device. We were all dead. <laughs> no, so don't use the synonym, don't use the synonym for PC. Don't use the c word. <laughs> You'd be so inclined. To <laughs> Let's just stay away from the c word, okay, guys? Right? Yeah, just in general, cats. Anyway, <laughs> love you, Alexa. Yeah, yeah see, she won't respond yeah, to that. Nope. Um, Much like any woman. Yeah, I said that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1917 is kind of. Like it, it took me in because of the way it's filmed. I think mm. that there's like a big old long yeah. cut with like so few, even just so few invisible cuts. And if you can, if you know what to look for in an invisible cut, where the the film pretends that it's one shot, you can you can find them. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. Most people can't. That's not what they go to the movies for. So it really is an hour and forty nine minutes of just like a terrible time in the trenches in world war one. And I, I like that. It's, I, there's something about world war one. It doesn't get a lot of people forget about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like people like we skip right to world war two and it was the more important. One. It, uh, like, <laughs> like world war one was the one that like everyone got into because no one was thinking straight. Yeah. <laughs> we got to dig trenches. <laughs> um, so Archduke Ferdinand got shot. Start digging, start digging. Now I, I, 
I I really enjoyed it. I was really taken with it, and I think it's it's emotionally strong, which is important, but it doesn't oversell itself. Uh, it's kind of like Save It Private. It's kind of like Saving Private Ryan if it was a lot shorter. Like it takes all mm. the good bits of Saving Private Ryan and it condenses it and sticks it in World War One instead. Um, so it's nothing like but, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, so, but mostly, <laughs> I would say this movie is eight for me because of its technical achievement. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just the not even just the cinematography or the editing, but the production design it is just like that's a lot of work. Yeah. To build those trenches and then to explode them and then to do this thing and this thing. It's just masterful the way it's accomplished. There's a reason that Sam Mendes won Best Director. Like, you know, it's not just like to organize all of that and to make it work is an achievement unto itself. And that's why I was taken with it. And that's why it's number eight. Yeah, I think you're going to see this like get close to double digit nominations. I in, think so in a week too. or two with the Oscars. I think so too. The only reason it's really not higher is that war movie thing, right? Where yeah. they just which like, is fine. They like, just don't do it for me. Like ultimately, ultimately, this, our top ten lists don't have to be the the technical best movies. No, they're the, like for me, they're the movies that I will watch again. Yeah, for the most part, for the unless most something part. like really comes along and surprises me. Yeah, like if I actually loved Knives Out, I'd be like, wow, that. That would be like number two on my list at that point, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, did either of you see nineteen seventeen yet? No, I have not. I'm upset <laughs> that I haven't seen it because yeah. <laughs> I actually do like war movies, and this one just the way the trailers looked. I mean, it looked like it was right up my alley. So I'm sad I haven't seen it, and it probably would have been on my top ten. But yeah, uh, everything you're saying sounds great, and I look forward to seeing it going to be great the only reason i like strove to watch this before the show is because i texted palmer and i was like palmer did you see this movie and he was like yes i'm a good reviewer and i'm like oh now i have to see it to make sure my list is complete so i spent all this time like <laughs> finding a good way to watch it and all this stuff and what is he he lied to me what yeah. else are you lying about over there my name's not really palmer i, t- I know <laughs> it's mr mistopheles no you didn't know i can play the clip back or what you said your name was earlier i change it a lot yeah like a cat. I'm, I'm like a cat. I'm very indecisive. Yeah, clearly. All right. All right. Lisa, your number seven, please. My number seven is Ford v. Ferrari. Oh, excellent choice. Colin Dawn v. of Justice. <laughs> yeah. Excellent choice on Ford v. Ferrari. Tell yeah. us why. Tell us why. Um, I guess mainly, uh, so little background, my husband's a really big car guy. So he was elated when he saw the first trailer and he messaged a couple of his friends like, we're all going to see this when it comes out, blah, blah, blah. So I think we saw it opening weekend or maybe right after that, but I was the only girl that came. (laughs) Everybody else's significant others did not want to come. But actually, one of my friends, another girl, really liked it too. But anyway, my point is... Even though I'm not as into cars as they are, um, that doesn't matter because the movie is beautiful. Uh, The racing scenes are really engaging. I was on the edge of my seat and my heart was like pounding. Like it was really good. And um, Christian Bale and Matt Damon, everybody does such a great job and it's just a good story. And I don't know. I just loved it. It was like I was... I, I thought I was going to like it because of, um, you know, who was directing it. But at the same time, like, I didn't think I was going to like it this much. 
I didn't think it was going to be like a top 10, but it is. It's just really good and everyone should see it whether they like cars or not. <laughs> yeah, that is basically everything you said without the personal details of like, you know, the <laughs> husband in the movie theater and whatnot is exactly how, that's exactly how I felt watching it. I don't care about cars really at all after like 1960. Um, and so which kind of fits yeah. kind of into this movie. This movie's before that. Yeah, but uh, uh, I just I was just blown away by the caliber of everything in this film. And I was also on the edge of my seat, which doesn't always happen in a movie. I, I normally like disengage from movies because I start like like 1917. Like I was like uh, I like I, I'm watching this from like a technical standpoint and like, you know, all this stuff. But Ford versus Ferrari kind of made me forget about that at the same time. And mm -hmm. I, I really appreciated that about. I really appreciated that about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I like Christian Bale in it. I like Matt Damon. The The racing scenes were really good. I just felt the movie was too long. Mm. Like, I felt mm. the two and a half hours. Um, it is long. I, I mean, just, I, I yeah. forgot about that. It is a long movie. <laughs> but, I mean, if, you, if you're enjoying it, it's one thing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't not enjoying it. I just felt like they could have just sped up a lot of the unnecessary stuff for me. <laughs> like I was I was there to just see like the racing scenes and more of them getting to that point. Like I didn't really need the interpersonal stuff is before that. Like that. When we went to go see Pacific Rim and we were like Monsters versus Robots and they're like, This is how I feel about it and you're like, Shut up. Shut up. Shut Monsters up. versus Robots. That's why Pacific Rim two was better. Uh, like, I really loved... hated what inspired it then. <laughs> <laughs> like I love Guillermo del Toro, but yeah, I was like, "Come on, Guillermo! I know you. I know this is your thing, but Monsters versus Robots, let's go!" <laughs> I thought that movie was too much Monster versus Robots, and what it was sort of inspired by was like, I mean, it's what you guys are talking about on steroids. So <laughs> you're That's lucky true. you got what you got. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah, loved loved uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Palmer, you're number seven. My number seven. Is a movie with a movie starring a supposed Margot Robbie doppelganger, and that is Ready or Not. Oh, she does kind of look like Margot Robbie. Yeah. She looks but a the, lot like her. I thought it was internet, her at first. <laughs> like the internet thinks, like they're twins, and I'm like, I can tell the difference. Yeah, they're not twins. <clears throat> no, um, but I mean, as you said before, like we saw the Cousins. trailer for this movie, and it was. You know, it looked really fun. I will disagree with you. Like, I don't really think there were any scary parts to it. I yeah, but you are a you are more of a horror fan, right? Than I am. And I'm so that's my take on it. Mm -hmm. This is like the horror version of Clue, and yeah. this is this is where I said like if I would have seen this movie and it kind of leaned more in towards the horror. It wouldn't be on my list. It wouldn't mm. be this high on my list. It wouldn't be number. It wouldn't be in my top ten. It would probably be middling somewhere. But because it leaned into what the trailer was selling me to get me into that theater, and did it even more than what the trailer gave me, is why it landed on my list. Because it was such a fun time for the concept of movie. It was. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Would yes. you say that when you compare this to like Knives Out? Uh, my sense of it is that when you say it's more like Clue, do you feel like it's edgier and like in terms of 
like the stakes and violence and you know what I mean? Like, yes. is that what ekes it out? Yeah. Cause I feel, yeah. I think that might be another thing that was missing in knives out too was like, I know, you know, there's a murder mystery, but, and that people die and stuff, but I don't it's know. It's safe. not, yeah. it felt very safe. Like uh, most of the characters are at their core good as bad as they are. But you know, th- this, uh, ready or not movie is like, everybody's a bad guy and you kind of get that sense i think in clue and that's kind of part of what right. makes it work yeah right and and the thing is like with knives out everyone just feels like a character mm-hmm. yeah which, that's true which then kind of like divorces them from like real people yep so it's yeah. like oh somebody died but it wasn't but really like a real yeah. right <laughs> yeah. like they felt disposable and mm-hmm. in this movie i think it gives them a little bit more of a human glean and just like it, it, it leaned into the comedy and it leaned in well. And horror comedy is tricky. Is tricky. Yeah. But this, like, I can't really remember the last time I think it's been done really well. Mm. Mm-hmm. But this does it so well. But I will, like, our friend Lauren has been asking me, like, you know, should I watch it? And she sent me the gif of like the final scene of the movie. Oh, that kind of that's not fun. I'm and I'm like, stuff. I'm like, I liked it. And if you think that scene's funny, then you might like it. But I will say that's probably the best scene. Oh no! <laughs> but I mean, like, don't but you I mean, kinda... she wasn't really going to watch it anyway. Okay. So kind of in some ways, so like, don't you you kind of want the last couple of scenes to be some of the best scenes in the movie because like you've like built up to this point it's like the opposite we've talked about this on the podcast before but saving private ryan it like it's amazing the d-day sequence is amazing that's what we all talk about and the rest of the movie's good it's fine but it's not the d-day it's not d-day right yeah and i i think that so you kind of want your movie to start strong but you really want it to finish stronger yeah Mm -hmm. um i'll actually have to go back and look to see where it landed on my 2017 list i would actually say the last time this kind of movie's been done this well was uh the netflix movie the babysitter a couple years ago oh yeah i think i saw that movie which was kind of the same vein it's a over the top like very over the top horror comedy um so if if you like the babysitter you'll definitely like ready or not i have a vague vague memory of the babysitter but not not much well, well, there you go. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. My number seven, The Two Popes. Netflix is The Two Popes. Solid. Palmer's not doing well. As I am not. <laughs> he keeps picking up the <laughs> pad and putting it back down dejected. Which ones will not be on there now? I know. <laughs> the Two Popes was excellent. It was so well acted and well written. The production design is outstanding. They recreated... The Sistine Chapel within two inches mm-hmm. of the real chapel, and I mean, like they built it two inches away. Yeah, yeah, two inches, like in that city, <laughs> just like slightly <laughs> to the left. Um, I don't know how they did. It's like occupying the same space. That would space. be it's impossible like the with the crowds. <laughs> uh, it's two inches bigger than the real Sistine Chapel. Wow, and it is. It's tremendous, and all of the the bulk of the dialogue between Benedict and Francis in the film is taken from interviews and writings and all that stuff. So what they say in the film is really what they've actually said in real life, but it's just structured around saying it to one another, which is really clever and smart. And then like all the places that they like you, you visit, uh, visit in Argentina 
are like the exact places that like it's just immensely like detailed in a way that matters if you care, but it creates a beautiful film even if you don't know any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I like in an increasingly increasingly cynical world, I appreciate a film that basically has a big old conversation about cynicism. And that's what the movie tries to tries to tackle without really denigrating either side. Um, Mm. And I, yeah, I, I, it was beautiful. I really enjoyed it. Either of you see it? I've seen it. Um, I thought that, uh, Anthony Hopkins and what's the name of the other actor? Jonathan Jonathan Price. Price. Yeah. Did a great job. I thought their scenes were really good. I liked the theme of the movie overall. Um, if I'm honest, I feel like I had some cynical thoughts after I saw it, but I, I kind of, I feel like I exist in two different worlds of the, in this way. Like I, I think as a movie, I really liked the logic of it and the story and it was moving, um, outside of it. I have some thoughts about it, but the movie itself, I really, really liked and thought was well shot and was interesting. And I liked learning about the two popes and everything that was going on at that time because I'm not Catholic. So I don't, I guess I don't know a ton of details other than like what you see, like in the headlines. So, and plus, like, I thought that, you know, you're talking about the Sistine Chapel set was awesome. I was thinking while I was watching it, I was like, there's no way they're there. Right. <laughs> Cause if you've ever been there, it's like just they shut it down for a day. Yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine them doing you're that. To, you're yeah. not allowed to film there unless it's for a documentary. Well, so. I mean, it's, yeah. They didn't, yeah. They didn't even try. They didn't ask. They well, were just, also, like, we're just going like, to build one. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And plus, like, I mean, when you're there, you're like shoulder to shoulder. Like, I thought I was not, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not Catholic. But when I went there, I was like, I wonder if it's going to be like a religious experience. Like, I'm going to, you know, but then when I was there, it's like, no, you're just there with like thousands of people, like, clumped into a little you know, human sandwich, you know, trying to get through. So it's like, not really a beautiful experience. So it's kind of nice to see it in a movie, even though it's a set, because you get a better, you know, sense Mm -hmm. of scale and just how beautiful it is and everything. So I like that part of it too. I have, I actually have, I've been there when there's a lot of people like you, like you're just shoulder to shoulder (laughs) and you're like a sardine in a can. Yeah. And I've been there when there's not a lot of people. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm glad that's possible. (laughs) It is possible. And 3 a.m. Yeah. January, (laughs) actually. That Uh, makes sense. I I think I was there in July. So. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Probably the uh, worst time. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's much, I mean, like being anywhere where you're not crowded is like kind of better. Yeah. So, um. So if you get if anybody can go like go on an off season, don't or just go to the set. I think it's gone now. Oh, yeah, sad. I know. Uh, I mean, they could have gotten permission to film there. They Jonathan Price could have fooled people into thinking he was Pope Francis. He could have. Yeah, he was <laughs> he not could've. happy. He didn't win the Golden Globe. Like he was Aww. not smiling the whole night. Well, he doesn't really smile. Have nope. you ever really seen him smile <laughs> when he's not being paid for it? No, actually. But yeah. honestly, I don't really pay that much attention to his personal life that my, way. My biggest complaint about this movie was the fact that I was raised Catholic, and I was always taught there was one pope, and now this movie is telling me there's two. So I feel like I've been <laughs> lied to but, my entire life, but when mainly you, by you, Tim. But but that didn't happen until 2012, yeah. and you were definitely an adult by then. So was I though? No, 
you're definitely <laughs> maybe still not an adult now, but um, but you were definitely by law an adult by but, that uh, point. So you may have you were raised Catholic when there was only one pope. So the the acting is really good. The story is a little heavy and at times can be difficult to watch. Yeah. I definitely Just, had questions after and immediately went to Google and started reading about it. Yes, I was like, they really hmm, did eat pizza. Yeah. I have concerns. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, you know, but then again, I, I'm speaking as somebody that doesn't know. So it's kind of like, but it definitely intrigued that, me. But I think that they also could be a fault of the film in which that if it doesn't like, so like I, so like I was also raised Catholic and I, I have a degree in religious studies and like all this stuff. So I'm watching the movie and I followed along perfectly fine. Like I knew oh, it was, yeah, so you I. know what I mean? Like I, like I knew it was happening, but I knew like the in and out details and like yeah. the stuff that they're not mentioning, like the, you know, like all this extra stuff on the side and, you know, like filling in the gaps that the movie doesn't give you almost like kind of like being a fan of uh, like a comic book movie or a franchise film where yeah. you're like, you kind of, right, right. I'm kind of filling in the gaps that other people like that you wouldn't have. Yeah. But if the movie actually doesn't, if the movie leaves you with more questions than answers, depending on what those are, I mean, like it might not have been the responsibility of the movie to answer those questions. I, but, I um, sense that it was to be like respectful and not, I don't know, like upset anybody. You know what I mean? Like leaving out details a little bit to not, I don't know, because it's some of the stuff is so rough. They're like, yeah. okay, let's just kind of yeah, mention this vaguely. But the, you know, for a second I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like on some of the stuff that they were mentioning, so I went and looked it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. agree that it, it's um, it's ultimately an optimistic film. Yeah, in yeah. Way. yeah. So this it's isn't a, like it's, spotlight. No, it's a little right. low-colored glasses. But I don't. But the <laughs> but it's a I movie. Guess the purpose of the film. <laughs> yeah. One, it's a movie. But two, the purpose of the film. Not every film has to cover everything. Like a f movie set particular tones for themselves. Like yeah, so it's like not an expose, right? Like, so like yeah, right, which is fine. I just yeah. yeah, like it's just some of the material that they kind of touch on is just I'm like ah, I don't yeah. really want to relive this again. Yeah, I think yeah, like when also... they touched on it, you're like whoa, <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah. then they're like, but but they're like, but I'm forgiven, everything's fine, and you're like, um, so yeah. you know, like, but at the same time, like I understand the the message of the movie is about, you know, anyone can be redeemed and find forgiveness. And even people that, you know, may seem perfect, they're only human and they need to be forgiven. Like, I like that idea, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when they did kind of, I guess, you know, go over stuff quickly, I had questions, but it wasn't like, okay, now I have a problem with the movie. Cause I felt like the movie doesn't have to be a documentary. It's just right. portraying its themes and ideas. And I was yeah. on board with that. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes that it could be the mark of a good movie that makes you interested in something that you weren't before. Mm -hmm. And so it allows you to, or it, <gasps> it makes you want to go explore more yeah. about its subject. Like I don't For sure. know almost anything about trench warfare, but you watch a movie about World War One, you're like, maybe I want to know more about this because I'm interested in what right. that is. So um, I don't know. I don't know everything about humans pretending to be cats. I think but... you do. I think you actually know. <laughs> right, I do. I, I think you know a lot about Jellicles now. The leading expert I, in that, I actually. Really, I really am. Me and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yep. Yep. The two of you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Let's move on from Two Popes. Uh, number six, please. Lisa. My number six is Rocket Man. Uh, Rocket Man was great. It's my I freaking loved it. 
It's my number Frickin 11. Look. Good, because I wasn't on this list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can switch it if you want. No, I'll switch it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it was number 10 until I saw 1917. That's, ah, that's the thing that made it bump, I, bump, I, slightly I back. understand that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tell me about Rocket Man. Tell me why you love it. Well, number one, I really love Elton John, and I like his music, and I always have. I think, like, my parents were a little older, so, like, when all... The kids my age, their parents were like really into like the 70s and 80s. You know, my parents were into like the 60s and 70s, you know. So it's kind of like I just really liked this kind of music already. Um, and I was one of the weirdos that wasn't that into like Bohemian Rhapsody because I didn't really grow up with, you know, a Queen. So I was kind of like, eh, I mean, I'll see it. But I wasn't really that interested. Whereas Rocket Man for me was like, okay, this is something. This is a biopic I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um and the fact that it's a musical, I freaking love. I, I love the way that they incorporate the music into it. And it's just really fun to watch and exciting. And it's it's great that it doesn't end on a sad note. I mean, you know he's not going to die <laughs> because he's still alive. Right. And I like that. And just, I don't know, like, uh, what's his name? Taron Egerton? Yep. Okay, making sure I say his name right. Um, he did an awesome job. I mean, he did really really well and i don't know i just was full i walked out of that theater like full of energy like i'm still standing like i'm excited <laughs> so i loved it yeah that was basically my experience with the two i'm not a huge elton john fan i, I think i like him more than the music even in I, some I get ways. that like, yeah uh, and so but i i had been jonesying to see this movie when the trailer first premiered and it didn't let me down i love taron egerton and movie didn't let me down i think about the end credit picture of like you know elton hasn't touched a drink in 20 something years but he's still a shopaholic and it's just him holding all the bags yeah um, i think about that like once a week it just pops into my head and I'm like, oh <laughs> elton you just great uh, <laughs> and uh yeah i loved it i like it like i said it would have been my number 10 if it didn't get bumped back like eight hours ago yeah so, <laughs> yeah yeah, solid choice. Palmer, I can't remember if you liked this movie or not. It was. I thought it was all right. It was better <laughs> than Bohemian Rhapsody because it didn't shy away from the problems mm-hmm. like Bohemian Rhapsody Agreed. does. Agreed. Oh, uh, interesting. I still haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, just full disclosure. <laughs> and I still need to see it. I, I like Bohemian Rhapsody. Maybe not to win the the award, but like that, you know what I mean? One best yeah. picture, right? No. No. No, no one best green, green book. Green book. Oh, yeah, but it won the Golden Globe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but I enjoyed it. Maybe because I like Queen. Yeah. Know. See, I like I like Elton John songs more. Mm-hmm. I thought Taron Egerton was was fine, but I don't know. Just he's yeah. not an amazing singer. But then again, neither is Elton John. You know, like it's easier to to be the person that actually sings the songs because I don't feel like Elton John's talent is his singing so much as his playing and presence you know Mm -hmm. whereas like you know rami malik not singing in bohemian rhapsody like i get that like who sounds like freddie mercury right Right. but like so it's a so like even though his singing and his performance like his singing mainly is fine i was okay with that because i'm like yeah elton john's singing is fine yeah, it's almost like him. Joaquin Phoenix in um, Walk the Line. Yeah, yeah. Where, where he's actually a better <laughs> singer than Johnny Cash. And you're like, that's fine. It's yeah, okay. you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's no big deal. You know, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, solid choice. Great choice. Palmer, yeah. you're number, what number are we on? Seven? Six, Six? right? Six. Yeah. Six. Yeah. 
So my number six, look, if there's a way to guarantee I'm going to like a movie, you put in Casper Van Dien, you put in Jackie Earl Haley. Well, this is taking a different direction than you I You put in yeah, Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> you put in Christoph Waltz. Ooh, what movie is this? I know what it is. You finally got it. And you make it, although it was originally supposed to be directed by, produced by James Cameron, <laughs> and you get one of the Best action movies of the year in Alita Battle Angel. Oh, that came out this year? Yeah. It did. Whoa. It's number 12 on my list. That feels like forever ago. Yeah, it that, feels like There's a, a lot of movies ago. like that on this list that I was like, I I mean, I started forgetting about like Spider-Man and Captain Marvel. I was like, oh no, like adding stuff to my list. Like, I can't believe all this came out this year. It's Whoa, just a lot. I, yeah. Alita isn't even... Oh, that means I saw... I don't think you saw it. No, I saw, I saw it at home. Uh, I didn't see it with you in theaters. <laughs> that means I saw 63, 62 movies this oh, year. Oh. Go. Oh, go so me. this movie had been Season in one. development hell for yeah. the longest time. Like, like James Cameron had been attached to direct this before Avatar, if I remember correctly. And then he did Avatar. And he's like, all right, you know, I only make a film once every 10 years. So 10 years from now, you know, I'm going to get cracking on Alita Battle Angel. And then he was like, you know what? I'm going to go do Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. <sighs> so, hey. Hey, sorry. hey. Sorry. Sorry. I just, I just, yeah. I'm with you, Lisa. <laughs> so, I'm with you. So he got Robert Rodriguez to direct. And I really like Robert Rodriguez's directing style. But I will say, I would love to see a behind-the-scenes um, documentary on this film because a lot of this feels James Cameron. Yeah, I've the watched way... some of the special features. It definitely does. Like the way the world looks, it feels the the the, the environments look so real, even though they're all they're all CGI. This movie is just and. The, the story is good. Like, I want to see a sequel. I don't think it's ever going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. The movie didn't really do that well in the theaters. I'm hoping it kind of finds the audience on home video. But I don't know. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I I think it's... There are parts of it I didn't care for. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> it Not that it, like, I... Like, it doesn't hold together. Like, I can't... It just, like... um it felt almost like it wasn't sure if it wanted to be like dirty and edgy or for like 12 year olds. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Why can't you be both? Because the movie couldn't decide which one it wanted to be. I I felt it did. Okay, that's fine. I just yeah, I liked it. I didn't I didn't love it, but I do think it looked good. And um and there's something about Christoph Waltz wielding a giant hammer out of nowhere <laughs> that I really appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it. I It did not make my top 10 for a couple reasons. And, and that's shocking to me that it didn't because if you've been... It's shocking to me, actually. <laughs> well, I, you know, I grew up reading the manga uh, when I was a lot younger. And when you say that there's that sense that it was trying to be two different things, uh, if you read the manga, it is so much more violent and darker than what this movie is like by a lot you know there's no there's not a whole lot of squeezing and popping heads and guts flying out like there is in the comics 
Um, the other reason, I guess, is because they left out a really key plot point that's a, that's really present in the comics that I think is what separates this from just being like, you know, action sci-fi into something a little bit bigger, kind of the way that like Akira is, if you've seen that, um, which has like so much going on in it. Um, and you get that sense in the movie, but in this movie, they took a lot of that out, I guess, to simplify it. And it's like very disappointing. There's like a huge plot twist that they don't show you in this movie, which is devastating because now they're not going to make a sequel and you're not going to get like the most important plot of this franchise. But anyway, that's sad. Um, but I think it looked really good and I was surprised at what Rodriguez did with the source material. And for what it is, I really, really enjoy it and I own it and I've seen it a few times. Um, I'll always love it, but I'm always going to be a little disappointed that it didn't reach its full potential like it totally could have. And I mean, we all know my style of movies. This movie literally had a teenage girl saying, I would give you whatever, I would give you my heart, while literally giving the boy her heart. Yeah, you're very <laughs> right. literal that way. Yeah. Yeah. You do love a good teen romance. I do. Or just <laughs> teen romance. doesn't have to be good. Yeah. As long as it has uh, teenagers teen in love. The, the, I, all the teen sun. romance. Media. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, it got caught up in all that, like, this movie versus Captain Marvel <laughs> nonsense that really has nothing to do with it. And I will the, say, like, what's kind of sad about it is, you know, I, I'm all for, uh, you know, movies that have powerful female leads and that are pushing, you know, a message. But what's weird about this genre in this particular series is it doesn't actually do that in the comics like at all she's just another character that is really powerful um i guess you kind of get the sense that like she's so little it's impressive that she's so powerful for how little she is but because you know teenage robot girls kicking ass is not like uncommon yeah in anime they don't harp on that a lot and they tried to in this movie and i felt like they tried to insert some of that messaging there and it didn't quite fit because i don't think it it even needs that like just enjoy it as an epic sci-fi action series again the way that you would anything else um i think maybe it would have found a better audience that way because i think once you started saying like oh this is like empowering women then it felt like people turned uh, it under a microscope and started picking apart certain things. And I'm like, please remember, this is a comic book from like the nineties. Okay. <laughs> like it's not super progressive or whatever, but you know, you're taking some source material that's really good and putting it on film. But I think if you're trying to make it something else, it may not live up to that, you know? Yeah. If that then, makes sense. <laughs> and then there was that, and then there was that typical corner of Twitter that were like, She's not good looking enough. <laughs> or they're like, her body got too sexy when she got the older body. And I'm like, oh, that's not what happened, but okay. <laughs> you know, like, nope, I'm not like, at all. No. see her collarbone? Like, yeah, what? I was like, I. I well, it's like some, the 20s. Yeah. Like, you, you show ankle, Lynn. Hmm. Well, it's the new roaring 20s. Yeah. 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 Um, I was like, no, y'all are taking a totally different message from this movie. But again, I think that's because a certain corner of the internet decided to get their claws in it. And then it's like they kind of misconstrued what the film is even about or saying. And yeah, it's like it would be I, I mean, I'm all for movies that are again, like Captain Marvel did have a lot of powerful messaging in it 
This movie does not. <laughs> and that's okay. You can have like these two different films about women that are different. And I don't know. I just wish that they had stuck with the original plan. And I think it might have done better. And that so many people hadn't jumped in that had no idea what they were talking about. And mm. rant. <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah. Uh, that whole conversation was illuminating from both sides. But it also <laughs> made me realize that I, for some reason, didn't add Captain Marvel into my... End of the year Why list. Why do you even have Letterbox? I don't. Mine's I think it was in there. I must have. I must have gotten rid of it by accident, or I don't know what happened. So now I'm like question. So now I'm questioning everything, and like, are, did I actually see the movies that I put in did here? Did I see the movies, or like, you know? But like, the, are there movies that I like somehow? Are there other movies that I somehow missed that I don't oh remember? Seeing, which is probably, I mean, sometimes is is telling of the of the movie. If you look at your list and go, yeah, okay, good, I'm covered. Yeah, that's yeah. everything, you know. So, um, but wow, I'm just nope. This is going to take forever if I just scroll through the, like the 2019 films and just probably, you know, don't. Uh, What's my, your number six? Mine. Oh yeah, Mr. Right. Phone Guy. It's me. It's <laughs> a me. My number six is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Ah, that was the other one I crossed off. It was excellent. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was well acted. I loved the way that it was framed like an episode of Miss uh, like it was an episode of Mr. Rogers and so uh and I know some people said like they weren't in like I know people weren't I think Palmer you had said that you weren't invested in like you wanted a movie about Fred Rogers, you didn't care about this other guy. Um, Both me and Jen said that. <laughs> yeah, um, which I can I can understand, you know. But I I think this movie's not like I think the movie kind of weirdly tricks people and like the movie's not really about Fred Rogers. It's about like the philosophy of Fred Rogers Bait and switch that Bait he and switch to, that you know that he happens to give. But I think that's also the like that's kind of the movie in a weird way that people maybe want because they present him as like this faux saint-like figure even though like his wife is like oh no well he does have like he does get angry and you know and this and the you know, like but you he did murder those three hobos. yeah right like you don't <laughs> see any of that because i don't think the world wants to know anything bad uh you know or <laughs> see anything like they just want to be like they want to be inspired and that's kind of what the movie aims itself as and i I liked it for that reason. I thought it was more interesting than like a typical biopic. Like here he is and he's little and now he's a little bit bigger now. And <laughs> I, you know, I, and now he's a puppet, right? Like, Oh, weird turn. And so it's like book smart. They're like yarn uh, yeah. or clay or whatever. So, uh, I, I thought that it was really charming that way. And I thought Tom Hanks was a, a great choice. He doesn't really look like Fred Rogers, but he has the warmth necessary to pull something like that off. And so, yeah, that was my, that's my number six, right? Yeah, my six. Did either of you, you saw this movie, Palmer, Lisa? Yeah, I saw it. It was good. Yes. Yeah. It was all right. Okay. It was fine. <laughs> it was I have not seen yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah. I haven't seen it. I really want to. Um, I just, I just haven't. But um, it reminded me from the trailer a lot of that uh, Saving Mr. Banks movie. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. That kind of vibe. And I remember seeing that movie and just crying on an airplane. So I think I've just been putting it off because I know I I'm going to cry a lot. On too. <laughs> yeah. uh, she didn't see the movie on an airplane. She just was crying on the airplane. <laughs> Both. About it. Right. Uh, it but I was crying a lot. And it was kind of embarrassing. And Nick, my husband, just kept looking at me like, 
kind of shocked, like, you need to calm down. And I'm like, I can't. It's so emotional. Um, but I do want to see it. I, I think, yeah, kind of like with that movie, it's like you almost don't want to know too much about them. And so putting them under the lens of, like, somebody else might be a good idea just to shield you a little bit, you know? Then you don't have to dive so deep, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. But um, I look forward to it, and I enjoy Tom Hanks, so... I want to see it. That that's true because the more you <laughs> learn about P.L. Travers, just yeah, I think it's a little bit different salty. though because like people love Mary Poppins, but they don't right. necessarily like. It's not really a they're not really attached to P.L. Traver, Travers in any way. Though you reason. know, but this is it's not like people <laughs> like it's not like like people may like like the show Mr. Rogers or they might love it, but it's. Be- it's it's Fred Rogers that they actually love. Oddly enough, both movies had Tom Hanks. Yes, they yep. did. Yeah. I think yes, that's probably yeah. why I thought that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. will say, though, out of the two movies, I like Tom Hanks as Walt Disney more. Really? He was a good Walt Disney. He was a good Walt Disney. A much better Walt Disney than probably the real one. But anyway, <laughs> just because he's like allegedly. perfect. Yeah, allegedly. Now I just want a Tom Hanks Walt Disney biopic. I would watch that. I want a, a, a Tom Hanks expose. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. No. Me too. No. I want a movie that takes down both <laughs> Fred Rogers and Tom Hanks. No. <laughs> All no. three of them. Walt Disney, Fred yeah. Rogers. Well, Walt Disney, it's kind of easy. Yeah. Just watch the PBS easy. documentary. It's, it's a little easier than Fred Rogers. Or, but I think that's what, kind of what the movie says is that, like, he was just a he was just a good person. And so, like, he was human like everybody yeah. else, which is kind of in we a don't weird know way. That. This is, a, like... Kind of, you know the theme of a lot of these movies uh, this year. Like they're just people. Like calm down. They There's only been yeah. one truly like good person in the world, Who? and that's Bob Ross. Oh yeah, mm. rest in peace. Good old Bob Ross. Happy little tree. Uh, Lisa, your number five, please. My number five is, and I don't know if I feel like not a lot of people have this this high, but I, I picked yesterday. Oh, I loved yesterday. I loved it so I, much. I loved yesterday. It was really fun and yeah. great. Palmer loves it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me why, why do you love? Why did you love yesterday? Well, I love Danny Boyle just as a director, and I, I know like you might watch this and then you watch something like. Um, sunshine you know and you're like gosh what happened to this guy he made like sunshine and now he's doing yesterday (laughs) because it's just so different Mm -hmm. but i mean i don't know there's just something the movie was infectiously good natured it was pretty i am a huge beetle fan i have a beetles tattoo um what's the what's the beetle it says it says let it be my favorite song yeah and it's (laughs) it's just says let it and then it's a picture of a bee yeah, nice. no, that would be great, but no. <laughs> um, the next one I'll get is "Hey Jude." Just kidding, but yeah, like I, I've always, I've been like a lifelong Beatles fan. That's why I was okay with getting the tattoo. There's not a whole lot of bands I would do that with, but um, you know, watching it from the perspective of just like an obsessive Beatles fan that feels like the world is not, you know, as good of a place without their music, and I, I feel like 
growing up, I've heard a lot of like cynicism, uh, you know, from other friends that were like, eh, they're not really that good, you know, or whatever. You know how people get like with really popular mm-hmm. bands are like, when you really think about it, they were bad. And you're like, really? Like what, what, what? would they have to do? Like the impact they had on music. Ugh! So I like this movie because it's saying that. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think too hard about the logic of any of it um, <laughs> because it's so enjoyable and fun. And there's one scene in particular. I don't know if we're saying spoilers, so I don't want to give it away. But nah, go ahead. Go ahead. We've okay. all seen it, and that's okay. all that matters. The John Lennon scene, I like literally almost cried. That was, <laughs> it was yeah. It was beautiful. It was so happy. It just made me feel so good. And then after the movie, I was just in a good mood, like till I went to bed, you know. And there's not a lot of movies that make me feel that way when I walk in and walk out. So that's why it's number five for me. That's a, those are all great. Those are all great <laughs> reasons. I um, I I really I really liked it. My wife, my my wife and I saw it together. She loved it. She she uh, felt very similar to how to how you feel. Um, I um, there was something I couldn't put my finger on. There's something about it that I like. I couldn't like fully latch onto about it, and I hmm. still on like I honestly don't know what that is exactly, and I, I still don't. But it, it's something that I. I would. It's something I would certainly watch. I would definitely watch again. I love the Beatles. The cast was superb. They yes, were I forgot to say that. But Himish Patel. I mean, I think if he wasn't so likable, just such. I mean, you could watch this movie under the lens that like he's a self-absorbed jerk, but he's so likable and so genuine in the movie mm-hmm. that he do, he really doesn't feel that way. Um, and I, I usually critique that kind of stuff in movies, but I didn't, I didn't feel that way about his character at all. He just was so charming and fun to watch. I love that. That's great. Palmer, what did you think of yesterday? <laughs> I can't wait to hear you so, say what you think. <laughs> so it's directed by Danny Boyle, mm-hmm. who, as you said, said, did, um, Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah. And 28 Days Later. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good. And those were good movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was not. This is um, Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's it's not as bad as Slumdog Millionaire. I love because it. Because it at I least has Slumdog Lily James. Um, I will say I felt like it, you just said like you could actually watch the movie through the lens of his character being... Like egotistical <laughs> and and being a jerk, and that's how he came across to me. <laughs> um, I, I, said, I get like, it. I like I like the Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. I've been on record as saying I think the Beatles songs are usually done better by people other than the Beatles. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's uh, been that's been Lisa. Yeah. She'll never come back. Now. <laughs> I'm signing uh, off, guys. No, I, I'm not saying okay. I'm not saying they're bad, and that I don't like. No, them. I no, get what I, you're saying. I I really like them, but you know what it is? It's I love. I absolutely love Across the Universe. Same, same. I love so, that movie. So, like to me, like those, like those they're are like, the pinnacle of their songs. Mm-hmm. So hearing anybody else kind of sing them. It's it's little here or there. Like I would still yeah. go see Paul McCartney in concert. I did this year. I know awesome. you did. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Um, so like I would still go see him in concert. I would love to hear him sing a Beatles song. Going to see Ringo Starr in concert. 
this year. Ooh. No one, it's no not the one same. likes Ringo. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm going to see. I'm going to I see would. a Beatle. It's the only one I can afford, and that's also I, alive. I can't remember. That means <laughs> this, is, this is true. It is expensive. I think it, I think it was Family Guy, where where they make fun of like Ringo Starr and the. Oh no, they would make fun of George Harrison and the Beatles, where like everyone writes a song. And he's like, I wrote a song, too. And they're like, great. We'll put the lyrics right here on the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. No, I I typically like, because this is the same guy who wrote Love Actually and um, Notting yeah. Hill and a lot of movies that I really like. And this one just kind of misses for me. And mm. it's not the premise. I just don't know what it is. It sounds like it's the main character, it, <laughs> what you're I, saying. It, I think so, because I also didn't really like his singing. Aw. <laughs> so I'm sure he's a nice guy, and I'm sure he'll be good in other stuff. <laughs> Just not this movie for me. Yeah, right. That's fair. Well, we got a love, a like, and a not like, so we really covered the whole spectrum <laughs> yep. here. I love That's it. Good. That's what we like to do. Indeed. Yeah. Paul, you're number five. Speaking of love... Five feet apart. Yes, <laughs> which we can I'm all doing universally at agree. My fake list than than you're doing. <laughs> which at least one. we can all universally agree is one of the best movies of last year. What What was that one about? This is um, about two uh, a a man and a woman who two, find two love. Teenagers who find. Oh my love god! I know which one you're talking in about. In the now. hospital because they both suffer from cystic fibrosis. Is that with the Sprouse, Cole Sprouse? Yes. Or is that a different? Okay, okay, okay. Jughead. I'm, right pretty, I'm pretty sure yes. Sprouse. <laughs> uh, Haley Richardson and Cole Sprouse. Yes, uh-huh. that's yeah. correct. So uh, the the catch is like when you have cystic fibrosis, you're very open to infections and other diseases. And one of the infections that the boy has is incredibly bad. That um, if you have cystic fibrosis, you're in the ward, you're supposed to stand five feet apart from each other. So that way you don't catch any bacteria. Um, But it's just a cute love story. It was one of the only love stories this year that I can remember. Well, I mean, that's something. Yeah. (laughs) I think I I saw this. See, and you loved it. I think I saw that. I think I saw that, (laughs) and I know I loved it. I think I only saw it because Jughead's in it. But (laughs) oh, he is Jughead. Okay, yeah, Yeah. and he's basically playing the same character. Wait, is he Jughead or is this his brother Jughead? I think it's him. Is it Cole Sprouse? Is it it Cole? I mean, they're twins. The not blonde one is Jughead. (laughs) Yeah, Cole Sprouse is is Jughead. Yeah. yeah. And this is Cole Sprouse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it had Claire Filani, that person whose name I was trying to remember last week. Yeah. <laughs> Which none of you were any help for, might I add. I don't remember. So you sorry. Asking. Yeah. Well, that's besides the point. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it was cute. I loved it. But I mean, this movie is basically tailor made for me. Yeah. That's give me, true. Give me dying teens that fall in love. Aww. Yeah, like, that's true. That is your thing. Yeah, give me, so, like, give, give me a diseased teen who like, falls in love. Yeah, and Palmer is there. Is it as good as Fault in Our Stars? No, but very few things are. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Um, I will say that I think Haley Richardson is excellent. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I um I think the movie takes a huge dive in the third act with you some of the decisions that the, the that these children make, but it is it is charming <laughs> up in the, up until this point. Just because you hate love, Tim. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I hate love. Of course I know. I do. I'm glad you're finally coming to terms with this. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh can I go to my number 5 now? Uh, as long as it's on my list. Uh uncut gems. Nope. You don't know anything about me this year. This is so fun. I mean, to be fair, a lot of these you saw within like the last five minutes. No, that's not true. <laughs> they just release all the Oscar hopefuls at the end, so they end up being some of the best films of the year. Mm. Mm. I think you're I think you're playing up, but okay. No. Okay. You think what you want. I just saw Uncut Gems a few days ago and it is I will say it's not a movie I would particularly the care for. Normally, <laughs> I uh, it's like like gambling and gambling and, and you gambling know, the mob and, and like all that stuff. Your favorite? But I was genre. I yeah, and I was right, and I was riveted the entire time. Like mm. I got, I was nervous, and like I said, kind of with like uh, I normally don't do that with movies. I kind of separate myself from them, mm-hmm. and I couldn't separate myself like my feelings from the movie. It was just. Immen- it was just immensely entertaining and provoking, and uh, people are giving a lot of credit to Adam Sandler's. Perf- people are giving a lot of credit to Adam Sandler's performance. I didn't find him like. Um, I didn't find him uh, like Academy Award winner of the year, but I thought he was quite good, and, a, and it was a big turn for him in style, mm. and. Uh, yeah, I really like. I really enjoyed it. Like, I'm at the point now at five where I'm like, you should see this. That's kind of like the yeah. point where I get, I get where I'm that. like, you should see this movie. I think you'd like it. Okay. You know, uh, that's how my ten through seven are, or ten through six are. Mm-hmm. Five and up, no, don't watch them. They're for yeah. they're, they're just for you. They're just for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Lisa, did you see Uncut Gems? I have not. I I am oh, definitely going to. But uh, it didn't grab me the way it did everybody else. But I really did enjoy the movie Good Time. So that that makes me want to go see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll have I'll have to see it. Every, I mean, everyone's raving about it. So need to get to a theater and see it or or, or wait for home release. But one way yeah. or another, I'm positive I'm going to watch it. I, I th- it's it it works really well on its like narrative construction the way mm. that everything kind of like he gets mad at the very same thing that he's doing to a bunch of other people and right. it's like this double standard the entire time working its way through the film and so mm. it's just like like you're so frustrated with him but you kind of feel for him all at the same time but you shouldn't because he's not great he's not a good person gotcha uh, and and movies that i think that's also i want to point maybe that's why palmer doesn't like this movie because palmer doesn't like movies that are not a like where it wants you to root for the bad like a bad person palmer has a problem with those types of films. yes because they're <laughs> bad like I, yeah i like don't they, but they deserve to get their comeuppance <laughs> yeah um and sometimes they do in films and sometimes they don't. And mm. I, I, 
Well, don't say I, anything. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but <laughs> I'm saying like a movie is like a movie is a, a movie is a, a a movie is a movie is a movie. Like you have your um like you have your Ted Bundy movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. On here. You're seeing he it under their lens, right? You're, if right. you're seeing it from their perspective, they're a hero in their own story. That's right. So right. which I don't like. I yeah. like that, but I usually well, I like it, but I also think that there needs to be some sort of self awareness of a. You know, letting you know there's an unreliable narrator and that this person isn't good so that you don't walk away with this idea that you're supposed to praise them. But movies yeah. like that tend to do a good job of doing that. So, right. Like, I didn't yeah. feel like I'm I'm not I didn't feel like I'm supposed to root for him in this movie, but okay. I, I want to. Know, but I'm anxious to know the outcome. And I think right. those are different. I think those are different things. This movie, I think, works best. <laughs> Um, when you go to the theater and you okay. tell them you want a ticket for any other movie. Oh my gosh, that's scathing. I know. I'm clutching um, my pearls. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could t- at least take them off. I mean, like, okay, this is, yeah, this I know. Is, I'm just we're very low really. pressure here. You know, you've been, get you've been watching too us. many noirs. I wasn't <laughs> supposed to wear my evening gown. Oh no. <laughs> you know? So, so like Adam Sandler is getting a huge thing of for his acting in this and he's done drama before or at least not the typical yeah, kind of movie for him was for punch drunk, Vel- punch drunk love that's yeah punch i like love. that movie um, yeah and for me in this movie i see a lot of adam sandler's normal acting <laughs> than in like like this is not too far divorced from his comedy the only difference between this and his comedy is He's not making a weird voice. <laughs> Sometimes he does. Ouch. <laughs> so, I mean, like, if to think that this is like a, a breakthrough acting job on his part, that bar has to be pretty low. But mm-hmm. I guess coming from the person who did um, the movie in which he also played his sister. Oh, yeah. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill, yeah. Yeah. It, I've never seen that movie. It is a pretty, it's a pretty easy bar to step over. Yeah, I'm not a huge Adam Sandler fan. I like some of his movies, mm-hmm. and I certainly liked. I think, I think I found them maybe funnier in like when I was younger. You know, different style right. of humor, whatever. But, but I, I generally like him, if not necessarily always his style of comedy. And I maybe that's what lends it partly to liking uncut gems. But I thought I would. I kind of not. I didn't go in with low expectations, but I kind of went in going like, "All right, why is this? Why are people talking about this?" Yeah, and, um, and because I, it's an A twenty four film. Yeah, well, that's true. A twenty four yeah. and in twenty twenty four, A twenty four is just going to release A twenty four the film, right? Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> the big joke, and people yeah. will go. But I've I don't think I've seen an A twenty four film that I don't like. Mm. Yeah, you know, so um, like good on good on them. All right, uh, Lisa, you're number four. My number four is The Irishman. Oh, see, because I like am the mo- actually like the yeah. surprised that this is not number one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty high. You know, it's it's kind of hypocritical of me because the Uncut Gems movie, one of my concerns with that film, or when I saw the trailers, I was like, you know, I sometimes I'm like tired of this movie of like older, middle-aged to older guy that's, destroying his whole life and he's being awful but we have to feel sorry for him and you know it's like i i'm i don't really like that as much like as a lot of other people do 
and yet I love this Irishman movie. <laughs> so I am a hypocrite. <laughs> I guess it has to be told in a certain way or I don't know what. But again, I haven't seen Uncut Gems yet, so I am going to see it. But um, this sort of breaks the rules of some of the stuff that I say I don't like. But it's Martin Scorsese. And I absolutely adore Goodfellas and um, Casino and, yeah, and a lot of his other films, too. Um, but I was kind of worried because this movie's three hours. That's a three long and a half, time. I think. Or yeah. three and a half. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, yeah. I had the it's, day off. It's a day. <laughs> I saw it. Um, and I thought I was going to watch it, like, in increments because it's on Netflix. But I actually sat through the whole thing, uh, watched it all the way through. And uh, I was at home, obviously, so I could pause it and stuff if I wanted to. But um, I felt that it moved really well. And despite it being about a bunch of old dudes, it was riveting, I thought. I loved it. It was very satisfying as a fan of that genre. And I like that it didn't really let his character off the hook, maybe in ways that it has in some of the other movies. You know, like, I feel like in Goodfellas and Casino... You know, Robert De Niro's character, I don't know, it's like he kind of just, he doesn't really get, like, any comeuppance the same way that you would think he would. Um, and this one really does not make him a hero at all. Um, so, I don't know. I really liked it. Yeah. I I had a hard time getting over the when they were supposed to be playing different ages. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just kind of went with it, but I, I, I know they, what you even mean. Even though their faces, they, like the CG was good. Like even though so, like their faces looked younger, they still moved and talked like older men. So For I sure. had, even though they like were trying not to, I just couldn't <laughs> get over. Like, I was like, what age are you supposed to be? I mean, like, I think if they then... weren't so old, you know what I mean? Like that sounds mean mm -hmm. to say, but I mean, I think they're past the point of, you know, like, I don't know, Brad Pitt and Benjamin Button playing a little younger. You're right. like, okay, he's 40 being 30 or something, you know, fine. Mm -hmm. But when they're, like, in their 60s, it's a little harder to imagine. So I, I get agree. that. Yeah, some of their moves, just like things like walking down the stairs and, like, De Niro, <laughs> like, kicking a guy in the street. I'm like, oh, it's just, like... <laughs> <laughs> like it it was like they were tense because they didn't trust their bodies and no matter what age they were uh and uh i think the only person that i thought actually felt like really got over that hurdle was joe pesci mm. but that's mostly because all of his scenes were like him in a chair no matter yeah, he what was age he older was older too like he he starts out older Right, so, so he, yeah. he has like a handicap that way, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, a, you know, I guess that's not the right word, you know. Maybe like he has an advantage yeah. that way in in acting. But I didn't, I did enjoy it. I honestly didn't hit my top twenty uh, of the year, but it it, it is twenty one if that if that matters. It that counts for anything. But uh, I think it's very beautiful. I liked the idea of, or I like the um, this all the like these mom movies like nobody makes it out alive like none of your characters ever make it and so for this for for like this guy this hitman to be reflecting on his life he actually did make it out because it has like all these cards like these cues of like this person got you know killed in a toilet and this person died here and this person died here and here and he makes it and what does that do to you and how do you reflect on your life that way very interesting i loved that i just couldn't get over the hurdle of you know, I couldn't get over the hurdle of the ages, uh, and in a, in a bit the length, uh, 
But um, I, I also thought it was so strange that like De Niro really like sprung into acting existence in Hollywood because of Godfather Two, where he's where he's playing a younger version of Marlon Brando, and in this mm-hmm. movie he's playing a younger version of himself. Like how far like, <laughs> like technology has come that like some other actor like might have like got their start doing what he did in Godfather Two. Like you yeah. know, for for the Irishman, but instead, like it, it's him. So, so mm. that that is just interesting to me. Yeah, it's yeah. just interesting. I liked it. I I thought the movie was good. It feels its length, which is which is a negative, and I feel the movie kind of goes on after you stop really caring about the movie. <laughs> like the the story that the movie's telling, I feel like ends. And then there's like another half hour, <laughs> um, which is you know it's it's fine. It's it's a choice that they made, sure. which is fine. Um, I really liked the de aging. I thought the de aging looked really well. I think Joe Pesci is great in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like this he got to probably... shine for once, you know. Like yeah. he's always in the background, but in this one, he was really put in the forefront. And yeah, yeah. he got. He got to shine. I feel like um, Pacino did a really good job and was mm-hmm. very un-Pacino-like for most of the movie. He wasn't, like, like screaming as much. Right. He dialed it back <laughs> to, like, a eight. Yeah. Um, so those were all pluses. <clears throat> I think this movie would have probably worked. Like, somebody put out a thing on Twitter that I saw, like, how to watch this movie as, like, a miniseries mm-hmm. like start watching it and stop here yeah you know, start it the second part and stop here and i think if you cut it into those thirds i think the movie probably doesn't feel its length i for think, obvious I think reasons. that's true yeah i think but, that's a good point yeah 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 well those are good. all good things palmer you're number four uh my number four is a netflix movie and it is based off a play and it has the same cast as the well, it has the same two leads as the play. I don't know about the entire cast, but it's called American Son. Oh, I uh, it's got Jeremy, that, I yeah, it's got Jeremy Jordan and uh, Kerry Washington. It is about a mother who's in a uh, police station in the middle of the night Flo- in, in Florida. Florida. Yeah, the state doesn't necessarily make a difference could matter the for south con- could matter for context yeah like the how south they present their is essentially yeah. um and she's wait she got called that her son was in an incident and she doesn't know what happened was he pulled over for a speeding ticket was he arrested she doesn't know anything about what happened other than the fact that he was in a police incident and she's trying to get answers from the night staff of the police station they're not really doing anything to help her. At times, it it plays upon a lot of things, including racial tension, race as it as it comes into context with police uh, business. Mm-hmm. And his fa- the father of the child is white. She is African American. There's. It touches on so many social social issues, but doesn't ever feel like it's trying to preach or be beholden 
to a certain type of stereotype. Hmm. Like, it sounds she, like I would like this. I think you really would. And I know I talked to you when, I, like, I talked to you as soon as I saw it. Uh, I sent you a message. I was like, oh, did you see this movie? And you're like, no. You and did. Like, and I was like, oh, no, I didn't know what it was. It. Okay, yeah. okay. 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 <clears throat> I will say the one, the one negative I'll give this movie is it's essentially, it's not a filmed, it's not like. It's not a film it's, it's based not a on film, a play. It's not a filmed version of the stage play. Like it's not them mm. on stage oh, doing oh, the play. I, that's what it's I thought it's it was. not that. No, oh, okay. it's a movie version of it, but it is very stripped down movie. Like it's one room. Like there's only one room in this entire It's like 12 angry men. Wow. Kind of, yeah. 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 <clears throat> People come and go out of the room. Um but I like I said, I I really like the the conversation it brings to a lot of different topics and never settles for the easy answer. Yeah. Cause it's complicated. Yeah, exactly. I, like yeah. it like is a complicated not, problem. You know, yeah. it's like not every cop is racist, not, you know, like, and we like you, and it does a good job at trying to see everything from both sides. So I, like I said, I really liked it. And, I really think people should watch it. If you like The Hate You Give, definitely give this a watch. If you like more socially relevant movies, definitely give it a watch. Okay. I'll have to check it out. I'll check it out myself. All right. My number four is Judy. Oh, I didn't get to see this. Oh, I loved Judy. It was great. You didn't check anything no, off it, so I did that not. wasn't on the list. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you pretended I saw Yeah. Um, Judy was great. I cried. Like, I just freaking loved it. You cry like three times a day. That's not true. It's like twice <laughs> a week. It's not a big deal. Um, Got to get them out, you know. <laughs> My doctor says it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's healthy. It's, fine. it's healthy. It's all right to cry. There's a video about it. It's a song <laughs> from Free to Be, You and Me. A great special from the 70s on PBS. Anyway, it's not the point. Mel Brooks was in it, though. You should watch it. Um, <laughs> um uh, I... Sometimes biopics, can, or especially biopics about th- those in Hollywood, can be a little um, like, oh, they're famous and they did drugs and they're sad now. Like, it's yeah. like, you know, but I feel like, but Judy, kind of like Rocket Man, in its own yeah. way, is smart in that, like, it takes that simple structure because that's basically what the story is. Right. And, and it tells it in a new and slightly fascinating way. And so Rocket Man structures it like a musical. You know, with Elton John's music about, you know, the musical of Elton John with his music, which is great. And Judy is all structured around a concert that she does in England, in London. And it, but it, it goes back and forth between her time as like a young star, a starlet in Hollywood and, and like just little flashbacks and, and how those individual incidents kind of informed where she is today. But I think this movie is like, bought and sold on Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Mm. She is phenomenal. And I'm not the biggest Renee Zellweger fan. It's like a whether you're good in the movie or you're not good in the movie kind of thing. I don't like follow her work the same way as as I would other actors and actresses, but she is just stupidly good in this movie and like like absolutely riveting and it the movie is socially relevant and hollywood oh, relevant okay. and, and i i think it works on all of the, i think it just works on all those levels but ultimately like 
she's just so good. And I love Judy Garland. Maybe so. Maybe there's like a maybe there's some like slightly subjective like mm-hmm. placement of there that I just like Judy Garland. But I didn't know this story, so it was mm. fresh for me. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just the best. I loved good. it. It was actually my number one for a long time. For when I saw the like, it didn't move from the number one spot for a long time, and it, it only fairly recently got nudged as like you start to reshuffle yeah. some of your, your movies was, to read. It was a good them. movie. She's really good. Um, she won the Golden Globe last night. Mm-hmm. I wow. think she's going to win the Oscar. Yeah, she should. Really. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it made me want to learn more about Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. So kudos to that. You know, but other than that, like I don't have really anything negative to say about it. Just I didn't hit you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's good. And Lisa, you didn't see it, like you said. I haven't seen it, but I I like what you're saying because I I agree with you that you know when they used to do these stories about about especially actresses around that time, it was like, man, can you believe how off the rails they went? Like in such a non compassionate way of not really looking at what those people actually went through. You know, mm-hmm. like I think I don't know a ton about Judy Garland, but I think. When we did the uh, Meet Me in St. Louis episode, um, yep. my guest uh, Kelly said that in one of the other movies she was in, uh, one of the directors called her his little hunchback, like criticized how she looked, basically called her ugly when she's like obviously beautiful, mm-hmm. like as a way to sort of tear her down. And it, it feels like maybe to keep her in her place, you yeah, know, you, see, you actually see some of that in Judy. Too, yeah. So, yeah. And it's weird that like women were treated, actresses were treated that way and you know, forced to be a certain size and, you know, here, take these drugs to stay awake. And then later we turn around and criticize them. Oh, they're so vain. It's like, well, literally like they have to look a certain way just to even be employed. And they're constantly criticized and told they're ugly. Like that's such a terrible way to treat people that I'm glad that they're looking back and sort of seeing all that under a different lens and humanizing these people um, you know, in, in a new way. And so that makes me more hopeful to see it. Cause kind of like you were saying about, even with rocket man, it's like, sure, he struggled with addiction, but he's like a whole person, you know, and mm-hmm. he's not just his addiction. And I don't like movies that only focus on that part of them. Like, man, can you believe what a mess they are? And it's like, you know, they have families and personalities. Like let's, let's visit them as a whole human being instead. So I like what you're saying. And so I will definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think what you said, like visit them as a, a whole human being. I think Judy does that. Well, there is a, it doesn't, it's not like Bohemian Rhapsody where it like shies away from the, the addiction and the problems, but it also presents like, she's a mom. And at the same time, she's like yeah. trying to be a mom for her kids, but she also needs the money to work and she's not getting like supported and like where did that tie comes from? It's not just like, man, I do drugs because I'm sad. It's like there's so much more to it than that. And Renee, Renee Zellweger just sells it a hundred percent. And uh, yeah, can't say, couldn't say enough good things about it. So let's move on to our top threes. Lisa, your top three. Number, uh, your number three. three, please. Yes. Ooh, that was tough. <sighs> these, are, these are where they start getting really difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I chose The Lighthouse. Oh, I loved The Lighthouse, which mm-hmm. is my number 14. The Lighthouse is my fort. Uh, it's so weird. I loved it. Tell me why <laughs> you love it. Well, I really liked The Witch, which I think I liked The Witch a little more than this one. Same. But 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably maybe just because it was easier to follow and watch. But <laughs> but uh, I like this movie a lot. I do think it's kind of funny. I saw like an actor on actor thing where um, Robert Pattinson was talking with Jennifer Lopez for Vanity Fair. And they played a clip from this movie of Robert Pattinson at peak like scream mode at, uh, you know, um, at, well, now he's. That name, the actor's name is leaving my brain. Willem, Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Thank you. Uh, he's screaming at Willem Dafoe. And I was like, man, out of context, this is hard to watch because <laughs> it's a bonkers performance for both of them. Um, but it's so good. I think I love the ratio it's shot in. Um, and that when you watch it in theaters, it's like you're looking at a little square and everything about the movie feels like suffocated and tiny because that's how they feel. Yep. Um and it, it goes really weird, and I think you can kind of interpret it in a couple of different ways. But I think at its core, it's a lot like The Witch in that it's a folk tale. You know, it's just a different one that we don't normally get to see. I don't think, you know, we, we all hear about, like, pirates and, and you know, uh, sea captains and mermaids and stuff. But this looks at all of that in such a dark way. And also, I feel like, says some things about like the male experience on the sea or isolation or really just existing in the world at that time. And I think all that stuff is interesting to explore, you know, using those, um, using that mythology that's in there with that at the same time, if that makes sense. And like, I don't know, I just, I enjoyed all that about it. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I have theories about what I feel like is happening. I'd like to pretend that it's like a little of both, like, it's both isolation and it's happening um, because I feel like the witch, like, you know, for most of the movie, you're like not really, I don't know, believing it until the very end. You're like, oh, well, crap, it's all real. Um, and I love that ending uh, with this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's sorry. All the goat. It's wow, real yeah. spoilers. For the yeah, sorry. <laughs> but this movie is kind of I, I want to view it that way, too. I, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's obviously not real. But I'm like, I kind of want it to be both. Yeah, that lighthouse is sentient. I'm kind of like, <laughs> slightly confused. <laughs> that last that. scene, too. Whoa. Um, I know. Yeah. I don't know. I just really I mean, my last three picks are going to be really weird because those are the kind of movies I like. But um, but yeah, that's why I like this one. Yeah, lighthouse. <laughs> lighthouse was in my lighthouse was in my top ten for a, a long time too when I saw it, and the only the only thing that kind of bumped it down eventually for me is that it it kind of wants to be a lot of things, but mm -hmm. it doesn't. It's not really any of them. Kind of like Knives <laughs> Out in its own way. It like wants to be both these things, but but lighthouse like does that a whole lot more. And yeah. I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure how much it succeeds at all of them to, hmm. uh, together. Uh, it, they don't really, they don't really mesh together. Um, but there is, uh, it is just great though. It's like, mm -hmm. so, it's just bonkers. And I think the performance, like kind of like Judy, the performances really work. Like they're c Defoe's and Pattinson's clear hatred of one another really shines through <laughs> on, on screen. They really don't like each other and they really, they really use that. Um, and even kind of, it's funny because even kind of the ways that their characters are too, where Defoe's captain is kind of like this, we do things by the book and, you know, we like get things done and rehearse and we do this. And Pattinson's character is like, well, we'll see what happens, which is kind of like what he was like on set. Apparently, Willem Defoe oh, was like, I, I want to know that Willem Defoe was like, I want to rehearse. And Pattinson's like, nah. Yeah, he's like, a he's an interesting dude, Pattinson. <laughs> he's an interesting dude. I think that's why I like him. 
His career has gone downhill since Twilight. <laughs> yeah, he's like a nobody now. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not Batman or yeah. whatever. He's, no, he's definitely not Batman. <laughs> yeah, that whole oh, got him. Oh, <laughs> no. Already? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I don't know. I'm excited. I <laughs> think I'm excited, too. He's a weird guy, but I don't care. Sometimes I like that he's weird. weird. Christian yeah. Bale's weird. Christian Bale's a weird guy. Yeah, that's fine. No, Christian Bale is Welch. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, some people are weird, and that's and a bad some thing. Are some people are weird, and that's a good thing. No. Some people are hard to work with. Some people just have their kinks. Like it's all people are people. The theme of Academy Rewind. I love that Academy Rewind. People are people. Why Shut should you just you just stole that, that line from Muppets Take Manhattan? I've oh, I was thinking Muppets of people are people. Is people. Uh, I think I was think I think I was thinking of a is it Depeche Mode. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what either of you are talking about. People are people, so why should it be? Nope. I got Come nothing. On. You and I and should get along in, so awfully. And then Muppets take Manhattan. The <laughs> the foreign diner owner is like, peoples is peoples. It's great. I watch I, it. I believe you. I like the Muppets. Yeah, so I, never, yeah never I like that movie. That. Palmer, what's your number three? My number three is a movie that I know none of you watched. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, then. <laughs> because it like it was probably released around uh Lisa it was not released around here. Oh okay. So you, you flew down to Texas? I did. I flew down to Texas just to watch this movie. Um <laughs> it's got Octavia Spencer, really well acted. It's called Loose. Yeah, you're right. Huh. Um yeah, you, you, I think you messaged me about that. I yeah. Did, yeah. Is this the grandmother? No. No, that's that's Ma. Oh, okay. Um, we <laughs> saw this movie. We saw this trailer when we saw the Japanese movie, Shadow. Shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Japanese movie. Number 20. It was Chinese. Just <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the Chinese oh, movie. Oh. Yeah. And it was um, excellent. Number it was. It was really good. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of about where I have it in my list, too. 26. Um, but it's about a student, a really, like, top student. He's a... Oh yeah, he's a he's a athlete and he's like top honors, and he does an assignment for a teacher, and she kind of it kind of raises red flags for her, mm. and loose L U C E yes, yeah. and the movie is kind of about their dynamic back and forth. She doesn't think he's as clean cut as he as he appears to be. And how everyone else sees him. And he is blaming her for essentially stereotyping him. Which is weird because they are both African American in the movie. So it's not like... And in real life. And in real life. Um, (laughs) Just so it's not like... So it's not like like that's the easy trope they could do. Like a white white teacher and a black student or vice versa. Um, But it does... It does kind of touch upon race and masks that we wear, mm-hmm. and it's it's written very well. And the the guy who plays Loose is so good in it. Um, if there was like a breakout role category, he would get nominated, um, which I believe he did in some like critic circles. But other than I have that, to check that out. Definitely check it out. It is it is very well acted, and um, it's also got uh, Tim Roth and Naomi Watts. So nice, mm. yeah, nice. I um, yeah, I um, remember the trailer quite vividly. 
once you once you said it, but I didn't I didn't even realize that it was hard to I thought we just like missed it somehow. No, it was uh I don't think it was ever released around us. I just remembered it because it showed up on on demand one day under like new arrivals and I was like, uh, "Oh, I remember this trailer. I wanted to see this." Oh, oh wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, then my number 3 yep. is Marriage Story. Um, nice. It's also not on Mars list. <laughs> um, Marriage Story was excellent. I, which is all, just so you know, Palmer, it's about love. Is it, it though? It is. Is it? It I is. I think it is. I don't. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm I think usually... they're breaking up. Like that's, that's <laughs> anti-marriage. Uh, it may be no. anti-marriage, but it's not Maybe. anti-love, yeah. and it's not really anti-marriage either. And it's I refuse not. to believe anybody could love Adam Driver. Um, oh, that is Adam false. Driver. That is false. He's so talented. And he's beautiful. Soul <laughs> Palmer. Yeah. Um, anyway, did you even see Marriage Story? Not yet. Okay, I'm waiting until I actually have to watch it when it gets nominated. <laughs> Excellent. Um, it I it was superb. Like I just it's was good. I was floored by the performances and how charming and funny and witty and heart wrenching it was. It's it's almost not a movie in some ways that I would recommend to everybody because it, yeah. it is about like it, it is about like the dissolving of a marriage. Mm. Um but they kind of it's about trying to do it with grace and how the system of divorce kind of like pulls you in a direction that you might not even want to go in, but mm-hmm. it's like being caught up in the way things are. Laura Dern, I thought deserved her golden globe uh, yeah. last night. She, she's superb in the film, almost quite uh, uh, atypical of Laura Dern. Uh, yeah. And the I types agree. of performances and roles that she usually takes on. Uh, Lisa, what did you think about it? Um, so I went in a little worried cause I saw a two minute clip out of context, like the entire internet did. And I was concerned that this was going to be kind of like 30 days of summer ish where someone's sort of writing about themselves and putting themselves in a better light than maybe they deserve. Oh, sure. Um, and I feel like there's a tendency in movies like this where it's about a divorce, especially like, you know, the quote unquote first wife like uh is often demonized i feel like and you're just getting one perspective and i was shocked at the way this really does give you two different perspectives and i'm amazed at the self-awareness that the guy had that wrote this and directed it that he you know he really recognized things that he may have done wrong and really put himself in her shoes in a way that i don't think you get to see a lot and um you know, I felt I walked away feeling like both of them were really good people that loved each other. And that just was not enough. Like, mm-hmm. I think and I think that that's really real. Like they loved each other so much. They tried to put their lives on hold for each other in some ways or they tried to ignore obvious red flags. But in the end, it was like, if I'm going to be who I really am meant to be and do the things that I really want to do, I'm going to have to end this. And I think that's really painful and you watch them go through that, but then they come out on the other side and they're able to have peace and to move on to new relationships that are probably healthier, but still acknowledge that they both really loved each other. And I'm just impressed that they were able to do all that in the movie and that <laughs> these two leads, Adam Driver and ScarJo, you know, did such a good job at that. Um, yeah, I agree. I they thought even it was really in some ways like yeah. become less selfish in their divorce. They become 
uh, you know, they give, they end up giving more in like in the separate, like by separating and, you know, in a way that they, yeah, it's really tremendous. I love the way that you framed your thoughts on that. I think. Well, I didn't want to see it either. I was like, because, you know, I mean, I'm married and like, I I don't want to get divorced. So I'm like, (laughs) I don't like look for movies about divorce, you know? And, and I think I'm like, I don't really like watching a movie about a relationship dissolving and people being really ugly to each other for two hours. Like, I don't, that doesn't sound like a movie I want to see. And interestingly enough, that's not what this movie is, you know? So that, I, I don't know. I just, I really think that if you're apprehensive about it, I I think you'll walk away, you know, with a different, uh, yeah. a different perspective after you see it. Yeah, I agree. I initially like, cause I, I watched it on my own and my, my wife was like, Oh, I like was interested. Like, should, like, should I, should I watch it? Should we watch it? And I said, uh, my first initial was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Actually, like two married no. people watching it yeah, sounds no. awful, but. <laughs> but then I like, but then I reflected on the movie and all the things that like, you know, like you said, and we kind of just talked about it and how it was kind of like, you know, actually, you know, maybe actually because like it's beautiful in its own way even though like maybe i don't uh i don't necessarily maybe like want i don't want that to be my life and yeah heck no (laughs) i don't want to place we don't want to place ourselves onto them but they are just you know characters in the story Uh, yeah and i i think that i think on top of that i think it's really well framed and there's a lot of visual symbolism present Mm -hmm. in the way that the film is is shot and uh in there it's very very subtle production design and yeah. uh yeah it's just it's wonderful and palmer hasn't seen it so i guess we can move on <laughs> yeah i mean there's one thing we can all agree on thankfully this movie came along because scarlett johansson was originally going to be in the farewell <laughs> oh really yeah <laughs> really she was going to play aquafina's part <laughs> oh wow uh wow that's different yeah um Good for um, <laughs> good for Aquafina. Yeah, good for ScarJo. She, I, I'm not. Sometimes ScarJo feels like she she phones it in. Um, maybe that's <laughs> just because the last many things I have seen her do are just Marvel films, and um, you know. Yeah. But uh, but uh, um, <laughs> she was excellent. She like it reminded me of like the Lost in Translation ScarJo or something like that, where I'm like, yeah, there you are. There's the actress. You know, there's the, you know, you know. Sometimes franchise films do that to you you know like you get these you know they're in these like big costumes and big sets and big everything and like you need these intimate pieces to like for the actors and then the audience to like be reminded of like this is what they came here to do really yeah Yeah, i think all of hollywood sort of typecast her as like she's a bombshell and that's it like for a long time it felt like every role she got was She's the hot one. And it's like, I mean, yeah, she's hot, but like she can also act like really well. Yeah, she's more than that. Yeah. 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 I mean, she may have, you know, interesting opinions outside of that, but you know. And then Ghost in the Shell came along. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, hmm, womp womp. Yeah. Well, I'm not here for your opinions. I'm here for your (laughs) acting ability. The producers of Harriet (laughs) just wanted to cast her. Just like, oh my gosh. Just like, (laughs) I said, Uh, you're number two, Lisa. Uh, my number two is Midsommar. I, I rented it and I still haven't watched it yet. That was the one that I never got to. Tell us why. So I was a huge fan of Hereditary last year. Yes, you were. Uh, that was your yeah. number one? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, Ari, so Ari Aster, uh, you know, did this film as well. And man, okay. Kind of like with Hereditary, but maybe even more so. 
I walked out of the theater like, I don't even know what I think right now. Like it was, it is intense. And I love that it's all during the day. So in that way, it sort of reminds me of like, you know, The Shining. It was really scary, but it's like all during the day. Like this is, you know, basically all during the day because it's in Sweden and uh, it's at a time of year where the sun's out like the whole time, Um, which I actually went to Sweden in the summer and it was kind of like that. Oh. <laughs> like the sun almost never went down or I was told it went down, but I never really but saw that. you didn't that. believe them? No, because I would now- go to bed like really late and like it still was out. It was wild. I guess you're just so high up on the earth, but, um, but yeah, it was not like this movie, fortunately, but I, was, I, was gonna <laughs> I say, didn't you have didn't believe that. them. And now that you saw the movie, you're like, <laughs> Crap, now I really don't believe them. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but, um, that's kind of meandering. Sorry about that. But, uh, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was insane, unflinching, extreme, but also beautiful. And I liked the messaging in the movie, uh, cause it was essentially about a breakup and uh, Ari Aster said it was kind of like about his breakup, but I like the flip he did where, you know, the it, it's through the female character's eyes. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just so good. I don't want to say too much, especially if you haven't seen it, but it's as insane as everyone says and then some, and I like that. <laughs> so the messaging of this movie is don't go to Sweden. <laughs> or don't sit there. Yeah, or break oh. it off quick. If things aren't going well, just, you know. Yeah, I was I was about to say, like, we're going to go through, like, 30 movies, and not one movie is going to have uh, Florence Pug in it, which, <laughs> which seems really weird because she was in everything last she year. So many things. I, I didn't realize she was going to be in that many things. Like, I saw her in this, and I'm like, oh, I really like her. And then I just felt like I kept seeing her pop up. It's like, yeah. wow. Yeah, she's yep. good. I like her. But now she's... She's with Zach Braff. We'll never see her again. Yuck. (laughs) Thank you. People are people, everyone. Let's. All right. Palmer. Palmer, what's your number two? My number two does not have Florence in it. It has a bunch of women who do stuff. It is, of course, bombshells. Oh. Or bombshell, rather. Bombshell. Oh, yeah. that was Single. not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Little Women, <laughs> into which I would have said Florence is in that movie. <laughs> that so. would have I been guess that was the giveaway. Very strange. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure it's your second favorite? Because yeah. you don't even know who's in it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Once, once Emma Watson came on, that was it. Okay. Um, no, Bombshell was Charlize Theron, um, Margot Robbie, and Nicole Kidman about the scandal from at Fox and, News that took down Lithgow. Never forget that John took Lithgow. down Roger Ailes, played by John Lithgow. Thank you. This movie's great. It's just it's funny at times. Mm-hmm. It is very tough to watch at times. It's a little unflinching, yeah. yeah. Um, and even the stuff that it shied away from showing, you get you get um, details as far as um, verbal communication. And that was even tougher because you didn't see it happen and you just – the fact that you know it did happen. Everyone everyone in this movie is is great, although I will say out of the three, I think Margot does the best. So I actually thought that Nicole Kidman did the best actually, Mm, which is not something I normally say. Um, And the other thing is 
no one in this movie is good. At good all. person, you mean? Yeah, that, I mean, no one in this movie is a good person. Like that is no excuse to have what happened to these women. But even like their, even their like reasonings for doing what they're doing in the movie, all come about from a self-serving part. Hmm. And there's actually, you know, there's actually a conversation in the movie where. Um, Charlize's character and Margot's character are talking and Charlize is asking Margot, you know, were you sexually harassed? And she's like, yes. And she finds out that Charlize's character was also sexually harassed years ago. And she's like, why didn't you say anything? Or why didn't you say anything to the other women working here? And Charlize is like, it's not my job to protect you. Like, you had this horrible thing happen to you, and then you think it's not your job to stop that from happening to other women. Like, it it blows my mind that... It blows my mind that anybody could have that happen to them, and then think that... And then think that if they were in the position to stop it from happening, even not... Like, you don't have to go public. You don't have to go to the police. Even just telling somebody on the sly, saying, hey, stay away... Mm. You know, she felt it wasn't her her thing, her mm. responsibility. But and there's there's moral complexities like that in every character. No character is ostensibly good in this movie. Like each of them have a a part in the movie where you're like, man, you're you're just like even Kate McKinnon. You're not as good as I thought. Mm-hmm. So it makes the movie realer. And it that way it doesn't try and paint anybody as a saint only to be get torn down later. It shows everybody's flaws and still says these flaws don't matter because this is ultimately despicable. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good argument for the film. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. I was engaged but not like completely. And I don't – I'm not exactly sure why. I think – I think it all I think it all worked. I just like objectively if you take like the social like the social importance out of it um I like it's just it's pretty straight laced from start to finish like it doesn't actually it doesn't do anything new or special or different. Um and maybe that's just where it maybe falters just ever so slightly. Um but 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 that's okay. I would still say I would say see it. It just yeah. just it wasn't in my just wasn't in my top 10. Yeah. Did you see this, Lisa? I did. Um, yeah. So I think I guess I, I guess my thought process on this movie was I like it, but it felt like they were pulling punches sometimes. Like I think I can see that. And and my I think the main thing that's hard for me to like let go of is who these women are in real life. <laughs> like almost right. like if they weren't real people. I would have a much easier time putting aside the ways in which I feel like some of these people in real life, um, you know, are so upset about something that happened to them, but then not necessarily worried about other social issues that are equally important. And of course, that's my political view. But um, that is so distracting. And the fact that the movie, I feel like, is trying to have it both ways um, 
in the sense that I think they're trying, they tried hard, like not to make, I think, conservatives angry and not make liberals angry. And then at the end, it's like, to me, it feels like they didn't rock the boat and, and it didn't really work. I feel like what ended up happening is both parties ended up not liking it as much as they wanted them to, you know, by trying not to lean one way or the other, you just kind of alienated both sides almost, or at least that's how I kind of felt. Um, on the topic of, uh, what you were saying earlier about nobody's a good person, I do have a little bit of a different perspective on that. Just, you know, I, I haven't necessarily experienced what these women have experienced, but I've definitely experienced somebody that did do something bad and I didn't always say something. And there's definitely a lot of guilt with that, but I think it can be very complicated in the sense that, you know, I think a lot of times women will create like these whisper networks where they essentially do just warn the women because they know no one's going to listen to them. So they're like, I'll just tell all the other girls at work here, don't be alone with that guy or right. whatever. That definitely happens. Absolutely. And that doesn't really feel like enough, right? Because <laughs> it doesn't actually end it. Um, but I also think that there's, you know, I think that Fox News, at least at that time, had such a toxic work environment that it was sort of enabling and in cultivating a culture where you only got there by breaking rule by not by not stepping out of line so it's like impossible yeah. for her character to ever ascend to that point if she said anything and warned anybody so it's like on the one hand yeah i guess that makes her a bad person but on the other hand then there wouldn't be any female anchors there like is that right so it's kind of i right. do think it's more complicated than that I, um the, the but right. go ahead go ahead all right i i agree with you <laughs> i i definitely agree with you um it wasn't so much the fact that she didn't do anything. What I'm saying is, like, her response to say yeah. it wasn't nope, her right. job. Yeah. Like, that to me is, like, the is the cr crappy part. Like, it's I understand. It's very, like, cry over there, snowflake, or whatever, you know? Like, exactly. I'm not going like, to help you. Like, and it's I, like, really? <laughs> like, I understand if you, like, are not ready to talk about something happening to you. Oh, for sure, yeah. Or, like, something to that effect. But to like to say it, not my you know, not my problem. That's all right. you know. That's all that on you. Cold. I got to deal with me. Mm -hmm. um, and even like to a point, like I said with Kate McKinnon, like yeah, after the first thing, after the first <laughs> thing that happens, and she comes down and she starts trying to talk to Kate McKinnon about it, and Kate's like, "Hey, they know we're friends. Keep me out of this." Right. That does turn your stomach in that movie. You're like, right. Oh, that's just terrible. And yeah. and it's cool that they touched on that because I, I did. The thing that I liked about the movie is that, you know, that issue is complicated. It's nuanced. It's got yeah. a lot of facets to it. It's not as easy as just this obviously disgusting guy is a bad guy. We all know that he's in, you know, in a way, an easy target. He's awful. It's cut and dry, but there's all these other nuances to it. Like how did he get to where he is? And in, in what way do the other people play a part? I, I liked that. Yeah. I just felt like overall, I don't know if the movie went hard enough and I don't know why I feel that way. I guess, like I said, I just felt like in some ways, I think, I, don't know. I think Go there's ahead. more to him than, than the movie tells you. Mm. But that, I think, is from his time previous to Fox News. I see. Or at, okay. Or at least not having to deal with this issue. Like, the movie yeah. was solely about this issue. 
it right. wasn't it wasn't just an indictment on his policies, his beliefs, his political ideology. It was just this issue. Yeah. So, like, if this was a movie about Roger Ailes and they didn't touch upon the rest of the stuff, I would definitely agree with you. And mm-hmm. I could say they didn't go hard enough. But I think for the story that they were telling, they went about as hard as I thought they could go. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, because it's um, like you don't want it to turn into something else, too, because it is supposed to be about one particular issue. Right. And So you're not trying to drag everything, even I, though it is complicated with it. I, I get that. Yeah, I will say the one thing I was a little bit disappointed in, and I didn't find this out till afterwards, is Margot Robbie's character is the only one in the movie that's that's fictional. Right. And she's the only one that gets like the bigger moments. Right. Like so that's so weird. I yeah. feel so I feel like there was definitely it's there like were some things that they couldn't talk Patriots. about. It's like Mark Wahlberg and Patriots Day. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But I think there's I think there's obviously some things they couldn't talk about because of because of um non disclosure agreements or or yeah, or just people not wanting to be involved and right. sort of you know taking pu- putting their hands up and saying I didn't approve this. Right. And when you're so, telling someone else's story and you know potentially trauma, like yeah. I get why they didn't do that, but it does pull back from some of the impact of the story. It does. It. it yeah. I'm like, so at the end of the day, like I believe she's also they considered her an amalgam of several other people. Yeah, yeah. So like I I believe those stories did happen just to other people. Sure. Um but I just feel like that's a dangerous line for for the subject they were tackling and the person they were tackling it about. Like it's a dangerous line to like open yourself up to litigation by having the fictional person have some of this happen to. But yeah. I mean he's dead so it's not like he can sue anyway. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean I shouldn't have dead. laughed at that, but sorry. No, no, it's it, he's a he's a piece of crap. It's fine. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, for, for my view on bombshell, or for no, you gave us your view on bombshell. Yeah, um, if you have more to say, go ahead. No, I agree with both of you. It's it's yeah, I agree with both of you. I, I especially I think that it doesn't. Maybe that's what I think was missing. It doesn't it doesn't lean one way or the other, and it. Then I don't know. Anyway, we spent a lot of time on that, and we're, we're so <laughs> close to the end. So, um, my number two does have Florence Pugh. <laughs> yes, I got it. <laughs> and, and it also is about women doing things. My number two is Little Women. <laughs> my m- number two is Midsummer. <laughs> I actually is, had this as your number one. This is my number two. Um, but we'll see what your number one is. Okay, my number two is Little Women. Yep. It is an excellent film from top to bottom. Uh, it is spectacularly cast. The production design is monumentally good. Um, the uh, the the tricks within the narrative are very clever um, because Little Women has been on film several times already, and so it mm-hmm. does something tries to do something a little bit different with it, maintaining the By spirit of the original older. novel and the the characters, um, and it really feels fresh and contemporary without ever really making it fresh and contemporary. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's basically, it's number two because, um, um, Joe's love interest, Professor Bear, it is kind of sidelined. So by the time that, and like, as a teacher, you of, didn't like that. Uh, <laughs> no, it, like, no, like her coming together with him isn't really given any kind of 
narrative play, mm. and so mm. it feels tacked on in a way that it, it it isn't in the in the real story or in other film versions. It just it kind of like wants you to assume these things, and it kind of comments on them in the movie because a lot of Little Women is based off of Louisa May Alcott's real life and her experiences, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. Um, so it plays like, you know, Joe is played like Alcott and the, you know, and, and, and things like that. But, uh, I could go on for a long time about this movie, but we're over two hours, so I'm not going to, um, but, uh, it was the best and I loved it and I will revisit it many, many times. Okay. Lisa, did you see Little Women? I haven't. Isn't that awful? I really want to see it. I just haven't gotten a chance no, to. No, it's not. No, don't listen to Palmer. He, no, hates, I, he hates love. He hates no, women. it's it's good. I like the I like stylistically, acting, technically, it's a good movie. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just don't see the overwhelming appeal of the story. Yeah, you know, many don't. And I, you're not the only person I know. It just generally and, not this movie, just Right, no, I know. And yeah. I will say like I talked to somebody about this and they they were they were in the same boat I was, but they were like the only thing I can really think of is just when this when this book comes out. Like if you take this as a frame of reference of when this book comes out, mm-hmm. it is significant because of this. And like historically, it has significance. I just don't think the story is anything special that I can see it why it spans generations. Yeah, mm. but I, I know that I grew I think, up like. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say I think. Well, maybe you lent to this, Lisa, but maybe like, I think you're in the minority there because obviously it like it does span generations. Right, right. Yeah. So, all right, go ahead, Lisa. I was just going to say that I grew up reading it and really liking it. And again, this is like, you know, a long time ago and I never had any ideas about, you know, why I liked it so much, really. I just thought, oh, I love this book and I like reading it. And then I liked the... Winona Ryder, <laughs> Keanu Reeves oh, I love that. movie. Or, I, no, wait, uh, Keanu no, Reeves Christian is in... Bale. Yeah, yeah, Keanu I was thinking of... Dracula, Remains of oh, the no, Day. Oh, no, I was thinking of uh, that Shakespeare uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> But no, um, I, I really liked that version of Little Women because, I mean, it came out at the right time for me. When you were and a little? So, yeah, when I was a little woman. Um, and yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, so, um, you know, I, I've always really enjoyed the story and the dynamic between these girls. And so I know I'm going to like it. I just haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. So I'm excited that it's, you know, doing pretty well. I just haven't gotten a chance to yet. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, I think it is a, it is a timeless in that it's, you know, it's families and siblings and growing up and all, you know, like uh, family obligations versus personal personal needs and wants and desires. And I think those are those are those are fairly timeless. Um, those are fairly timeless themes that if you basically plug those themes, you can in almost any of the movies that we talked about. Uh, sure. That's what they're all basically about. Mm-hmm. Um, this like concept of who am I? And I just think that little women does it very beautifully. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this, this new version is just is leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of adaptations of little women. And I love the nineties one too. And I, I love it for completely different reasons than I, I love this one. Mm. It's, it's got a sense of a wholeness and nostalgia and, 
all these different mixes. And Winona Ryder. And Winona Ryder, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And Christian Bale and, you know, and, uh, but, and, um, but this one is just, uh, is extraordinary. And it was almost my number one, but there are just a couple of narrative choices that I, I just d- didn't care for in the way that the story is retold and compiled. So, uh, that's why it's my number two. Mm. Clearly, okay. they're tiny quibbles since they're number two. But yeah. um, and uh, Lisa, your number one, please. Okay, my number one is *Parasite*, a movie by uh, Boon Jong Hu. Um, he wrote, or it might be Boon Jong Boon Bong Jun Ho. I love his name. I know. I I'm like, I just, I just don't want to say it wrong. Um, I really like this director a lot. I've liked him since the movie *The Host*. Uh, yeah. But I also enjoyed um, Snowpiercer. Uh, he did a movie on Netflix a year or two ago called Okja. Um, oh, I didn't realize that. I'm yeah. pretty Okja sure that's his. him. Yeah. You essentially have to think of whatever like strange movie you watch. <laughs> it's him. Yeah. Snowpiercer is not that strange. Disturbing, but not yeah. that strange. <laughs> but. Yeah, I really, I don't know. This movie, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's going to surprise you and it's crazy and blah, blah. And they were right. Like it, (laughs) it just starts in one direction and goes a completely different direction. It it mixes all the things that he does really well, like perfectly. It's great with the humor (laughs) in the first part of it and then the drama and the shock and, you know, the other parts of it are perfect he, it's just everything that he does really well is combined into one thing in this movie i think it's his best movie and i spent like so much time afterwards just thinking about it i've been thinking about it since i think it's a brilliant film and i'm just so happy that it won you know a golden globe for best foreign picture um i i'm, I'm hoping that more people will give movies like this a shot that maybe didn't used to um, because i feel like you know, a lot of Asian cinema has had trouble sort of crossing over 100%. You know, people often say things like, oh, those kind of movies are weird. And then they stop there. It's like they don't really (laughs) explore beyond that. Or, oh, I don't like subtitles. And it's like, man, you're just missing out on such incredible filmmaking uh, when you look at it that way. Um, And I'm hoping that, you know, Parasite can kind of help get us all on board um but yeah i loved it from start to finish the cast is amazing and it's just a beautiful film and i felt lots of different emotions watching it and so it is my number one no that's a great sell palmer did you get did you see parasite oh yes and poor (laughs) lisa was on the receiving end of as I was watching it because I knew she watched it and I know she really liked it (laughs) and the fact that she's like behind us in the time zone I like because I'll start watching movies that I like at 10 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. so at least I know if it's like 11 o'clock here I'm like all right she's still up so I (laughs) I don't feel bad like sending her a message but I I did I really enjoyed it it is a very weird movie Mm -hmm. it will start one place and go like 720 degrees into a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. And it it's great. Like, it didn't make my top ten, but it's high up there. Um, and I think it didn't hit my top ten just because of some small quibbles with the story. Hmm. But 
it is very good, and people should definitely watch it. I have unfortunately not seen it. Of course I, not. I waited. Do you hate love? <laughs> no, it's not about love. Two people really love high. each other in this movie. <laughs> yeah, One... I mean, yeah. <laughs> I see, I'm the, it's I complicated. Saw story. I don't know what you're yep, talking about. It's, it's complicated. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah, I just missed it when it was in theaters very, very briefly. <laughs> when it was in theaters for that one week. That, like, one week. Yeah. Like, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. get there. It's and hard. So, yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was that. Yeah. I think you'll and like so... it. There's a lot of symbolism and layers to the film. And if you watch, like, one of those, like, what did it all mean? Like, it shows you even more that you probably missed watching it. Like, I need to see it again because there's just so much I miss. But nothing, like, I love movies that are full of detail and there's nothing in this movie that is not like a visual cue or a hint or a clue or somebody says something that doesn't pay off later. It's just brilliant. I don't know. I love it. Oh, that is, that is like my bread and off. That is like what I want to see. So (laughs) I'm so unfortunate, but I did not. uh, So, but that's okay. So Palmer, your number one. My number one is also about women doing stuff, not starring Florence Pug. (laughs) It is directed by a woman who Megan Fox said she would, quote, strangle a mountain goat for. Beautiful. (laughs) Do you want a cough drop or something, man? I know we're at the end and you've been coughing this whole time, but do you want smart? Booksmart is your number one. Oh, wow. I'm surprised. That's awesome. It is... Probably the funniest movie I've seen this year. And unfortunately, because of this movie, Billy Lord got arrested. What? For stealing the movie. Great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I love that. You're welcome. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. Feedback. I had a two and a half hour <laughs> drive here. That's what I came up with. Wow. Cool. That's I mean, wild. it's true. She, Yeah. She's like... Her scenes alone are reason enough to watch this movie. Yeah. Her um, flopping into the pool. Like yeah. her... Fl- oh yes. God, it's yeah. so good. She's great. The The other two actresses are great as well. It's it's really a fun movie. Definitely watch it. We've talked about it already, so I'll keep mine short. Yeah. <laughs> that's strong. I, I wish I had watched it with people. Like, that's like my... That's my regret yeah. on watching it because I like watching it. I was like, wow, this is really well made, but I need people to like laugh with me. Right. Then it just feels hollow and empty because then you're just laughing in your head. And like your soul. Like... Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my number one is uh, – hold on. Actually, so do you, what do you think my number one is, Palmer, based on the list that you so horribly did not do well on this year? What is my number one film? Uh-huh. Out of what's left here, I'm going to say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nope. That was number 20. Okay. Mm. Uh, it is Ford versus Ferrari was my yeah. number one this oh, year. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't. I. It's not something I would have, like, if you had, like, shown me my list of, like, top 10 last year, but, like, Ford versus Ferrari is number one, I would, <laughs> have, I would never have said that you're lying. That's not true. Uh, I just loved it. I just think it's so well constructed and engaging, and it's it's not. It offers you it offers you more than just like a racing story. And, For sure. And I just I think more than anything, I was really taken with Bale's performance because a lot of times, like even great actors and actresses, you can still see them and you still watch them. And I forgot I was watching Christian Bale and all he was was skinny, you know? Uh, <laughs> and, and I think that's, 
that's huge. And uh, we've already talked about it. So I, again, like Booksmart, I, I won't go on and on, but it is my it is my number one of the year. Though I do think my one, two, three, and four are fairly interchangeable depending on my mood. Mm. Um, cause I had a hard time really placing them in any kind of sequence. Yeah. So Palmer, uh, what was your list of my top 10 now that we've, uh, once upon this? a time in Hollywood, number 20, hold on. I'll tell you where they are on okay. the, on the list. Number 20. Yep. Uh, star Wars number, uh, star Wars is number 31. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday is number 36 <clears throat> bombshells. Bombshells is number 32. Uh, Endgame. Endgame is number 12. The one that I was really going to be pissed off at if this was ended up being number one, Joker. Joker's number 15. <laughs> and then the one I I'm wasn't shocked. sure if you saw or not. Yeah, so am I. He likes bad things. Um, <laughs> and then the one that I wasn't sure if you saw it yet or not, Jojo Rabbit. Number 13. Okay. Ooh, that's so, not... I mean, for the I... most part, I had them... I had them in like the top twenty. Yeah, I'll give you my I'll give you my my eleven is Rocket Man, twelve is Endgame, thirteen is Jojo Rabbit, fourteen is Lighthouse, fifteen is Joker, sixteen <clears throat> is The Good Liar, seventeen is Fighting with My Family, also starring Florence. Yep, Pug. Yes, yeah, she made my that top, was in my made... top ten for the longest time. Me too. This year. Me too. It was great. Yeah. Um, Dark Waters is number eighteen. Booksmart is nineteen, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is twenty. Okay. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty good. So I I think, like you said, Star Wars would be on that list. Yeah. I love Star Wars. You know that. You're surrounded by Star Wars stuff right now like, yeah. in this very room. But, and like, this, like I'll watch it again because I love Star Wars. But, like, objectively, definitely not close to the best movie out, no, out of but, all the movies I uh, saw this year. But in your top ten, it should be a movie that you want to rewatch. I'd rewatch any one of right. these top ten movies. And I'd probably rewatch any of them... Like I might watch them before I watch Rise of Skywalker yeah. again. Yeah, depending on my mood, because some of them are pretty dark and depressing. Yeah, you know. So there you go. Wow, big upset. You're, yeah. like, you're like the Patriots or the Saints, right? You just totally flopped. Yeah, yeah. Just one more to go. That was the first time we've ever talked about sports on this podcast. The sports ball. <laughs> the sports ball. Yeah. yeah, that was great. That was great. Uh, now. Palmer, before before we all before we all jump off, Lisa, I don't know if Palmer had you do yes, this or not. Okay, so uh, we ended the the 2010s, the decade. Yep. So, what is everyone's best film, or I guess just favorite film of the 2010s? This was immensely difficult. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I put a list together, <laughs> and I'm supposed to go first too. Yep. Uh, okay, I'm going to say, uh, for me, it's going to be Blade Runner 2049. Oh, good choice. Yeah, loved it. Beautiful film. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's good. I Palmer does not like that movie. I don't, Palmer's <laughs> not seen that movie. I'll see this way. He can't like it then. He has no opinion on it then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, that's fair. Yeah. It's not I, for everybody. I, yeah, it is not for, you're right, it is not for everybody. This this was, I, I Best of the decade, I went with the one that, like, I think I just enjoy the most and watch the most um, more than... For you, I have it as Force Awakens. That is not right at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, that is not correct. Toy Story 3? No. What is it? Uh, what no, is it? You're, you next. Okay. Let's see if you can figure out what it is. Cats. Five feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> my pick for best movie mm -hmm. is a piece of art house cinema... With a big budget. 
it's a Blade character st- 2049 <laughs> it's a character study that explores religion its fickle place with humanity destiny and our place in the universe peter rabbit it knows its characters so perfectly and that is why it is also the greatest comic book movie of all time man of steel Oh, I really thought you were going to say Batman versus Superman. It was close. <laughs> it was close. Like Batman versus Superman, uh, Greatest Showman. Yeah, I would agree. You know, yeah. uh, but Man of Steel just nails everything perfectly. Wow. I I honestly thought it was going to be Batman v Superman, so I'm like a little flabbergasted that yeah. you went with Man of Steel. <laughs> but good on you. It was I like Soul Searching. Yeah, I like Man of Steel. I have no problem with that. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's very pretty. The fact that I get a, I the fact that I get more characters out of Man of Steel, like I get the best Lois we've had. I get the best Superman we've had. I get the best Jonathan Kent we've had. These are all things. Even Zod, like these are all things where Batman v Superman. I had the best Superman. I had the best Batman. Lois wasn't. All that factored into the movie. Oh, so I see. It's just not not just like introducing these actors and characters, right. but it's like you, you get to like you like the the way they are presented in the Correct. story, the best yep. out of their other appearances. Yes, I understand now. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine by me. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was just thinking about Russell Crowe as Jarrell the other day. Yeah, actually, he's great. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> uh, Russell Crowe. Um, my I oscillated back and forth for like between two on this just because I have a hard time choosing like my best or favorite or whatever. I'm landing right now on the King's speech. That was the twenty tens? Yeah, it was twenty it yeah, was twenty ten. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It was twenty ten. I just love that movie it's so much. Movie. It's just char it's just charming. Like it's like immensely charming, but it has this undercurrent of, uh, of struggle charming. and darkness, but charming. also love and you know, like triumph and human spirit. It's got the whole. It, it's got all of it. It's really great. Um, and uh, it, it was it was honestly between that and Midnight in Paris, which I oh yeah, which I, I love, love Midnight in Paris, but it's just like um, it's just. Slightly more niche, I guess, than <laughs> mm-hmm. King's Speech, and so um, slightly, slightly, it is. <laughs> I mean, but I just yeah. So I'm landing different on, film. Uh, I'm landing on King's Speech, which is hilarious because it's a Tom Hooper movie. It really is. We just spent a lot of time talking, talking about, about cats. cats. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Yeah, Lisa, did you have a runner-up for best film of the decade? Oh Lord. Uh, oh gosh. Or at I, least that, one that you one that you were like, oh, maybe this one more than. Well, yeah, I guess Inception. Oh, Ooh, yeah. I mean that yeah. like barely yeah. skates by at 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so did King's Speech. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that Palmer didn't think mine was Paddington Two. I seriously I almost said that. <laughs> it wasn't number one last year. Or the oh, year before. Oh, you, like, yeah. What, you almost I was, said it because of, for my answer or because yeah, you Yeah, when almost, I texted you. No, sorry. I was talking to Lisa. My oh. apologies. <laughs> Lisa, was it almost, was Paddington 2 almost your choice or you almost thought it was mine? Thought almost thought it was yours. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Because you're, cause nobody else likes that movie. That's not true. I That's was, not true. It was good. I was so close to giving it to the uh, 3D release of Titanic. 
Uh, yeah, but we talked about this. Re-releases didn't count. <laughs> Yeah. But it's a 3D version. Doesn't matter. It didn't do anything different. <laughs> it didn't even change the movie. <laughs> but it's Titanic. Yeah, because I could have given it like Jurassic Park for that if I wanted to. You could have. No, but that's... You would have been wrong. No, that doesn't count. I could have been like, you know what? It's The Shining. I saw it. We saw it in theaters in 2019. <laughs> so therefore, best film of 2019, The Shining. You know, Is or Alien. Though? No, it's not. I didn't count those movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, they were just on a bigger screen. Uh, so anyway, yes. guys, this was so much fun. Um, it was. I'm, Let's I'm, do this again next week. You, no. No. <laughs> no. I don't, like, no. Let's do this again next year. How's that? Fine. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. Good. Um, Lisa, where can all of the people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at ILTM Podcast. I also have an Instagram I love that movie podcast, and we uh, you can find my podcast itself on you know Apple, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, all those places. Just search "I love that movie," and yeah, that's where you can find me. Excellent, excellent, and you can find Academy Rewind at academyrewind.com and thoughtbubbleaudio.com. You can follow Palmer at Academy Rewind on Twitter and myself at Timothy PG thirteen. Uh, you can email us at academyrewind at gmail.com, but be advised we never check it. So, um, like, your email will just sit in cyberspace forever or until cyberspace no longer exists. And a week from next Thursday. Exactly. You can rate and review us on I, You can rate and review us on iTunes. Find us all the pl- uh, places podcasts can be found, just as Lisa said. And uh, you, can, uh, you can support our movie addiction by heading over to patreon.com slash audio to support all of the Thought Bubble Audio programs along with Academy Rewind. Palmer, we will be back to our regular scheduled programming. Uh, eventually. Eventually. Once <laughs> I, yeah, whenever, whenever the release schedule is. Our fortnightly podcast, it's actually every three weeks because we have to watch a lot of movies and it takes time. And, you know, we have jobs. Stuff. Yeah, but you watch the movies at your job. That's not true. I don't work at a library. I don't know. <laughs> you watch them at your job. I've seen you do it. I've done it once. Yeah, yeah. Damn 30s with 20 movies. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on and spending near three hours with us. We basically could have watched <laughs> The Irishman at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, just about I... to kill Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dang. Um, well, thank you so much for having me on. I love doing this seriously. Anytime you need another guest, let me know. Cause I love being on and I like having both of you on. So anytime you want to come back to my podcast, come over and hang out and we'll talk about movies there too. You can talk about movies even more than you already do. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds great. I mean, <laughs> but seriously, if you ever want to come on and watch five movies to do one episode, you know, <laughs> I do like, it. Yeah. You well, are, I you mean, are more than welcome. We'll, we'll have the Oscar. We'll have the oh, yeah, yeah. 2019 Oscars coming up, so yeah. we'll have her back for that. Chances okay, are we've already good. seen all of those yeah. movies that will be nominated. I know. So go team. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's the good part about yeah, doing you, this 2019. Yeah. yeah. I'll watch Parasite. You watch Marriage Story. We'll be all set. <laughs> we're like, right. we're covered. I'll yep. see yeah. Little Women. Yeah. Yeah, and you see Little Women. That's it. That's <laughs> and it. And then Thank cats you. will win everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> shocker. Sweeping. Big upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big sweep. They sweep it off the table like a cat knocked a glass. <laughs> Palmer, did you steal everybody's votes and just write it in cats? Yes. Yes. 
Yes, I also wrote in Moonlight for good measure. <laughs> Excellent. All right, well, uh, folks, that's it for us, and that's good because I think they're playing us off. No, I have so many people to thank. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.